Hi and welcome to the Alliance of Survivor Game Podcast. I'm Ryan, the host slash game runner of Alliance. Join me as I talk to the winner of Nexus Park, Bird, about the end game and facing the jury's fury. This is the final part. Welcome back, everybody, to part three with Nexus Park's Bird. Hi, Bird. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well, thank you. Excited to, you know, hopefully wrap this thing up. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, so when we last left off, we had just said goodbye to Jordan entering the jury. And now we enter final eight, and we have really reshuffled the deck as far as players and connections and so forth are concerned. Uh, Jordan's idol, gone. Uh, the only idol in play is Waxler's that nobody else knows about. You have used your vote advantage and still have your uh, spy glasses. And I believe Waxler still has his goggles as well. Mm-hmm. And Bramble has their see if somebody has an advantage advantage i think that covers all the advantages in play i guess there's the key card i don't know if you oh that's that true advantage yes. or not um there's the key card that court has so okay that i think advantages slash items <laughs> i suppose <laughs> yeah. we can consider it uh all right um so i guess uh at this point you we're looking at uh Darcy, Bram, uh, Chaco, Maddie, Waxler, Staff Court, and yourself still in the game. What do you see when you look at that group of people, and how do you want to navigate forward in the game? Well, on Jordan's way out, she had asked me to look out for Maddie, so I guess I'm still seeing him as an ally. I'm still seeing Darcy and Bram as probably the two closest people who I'm telling most things to. Obviously, the previous cycle, there had been more lying going on than there had been in previous cycles, but still the people that sort of trusted to have my back. Starting to build the relationship with Court at that point, like, I think at this point she had, like, sent me the three audio messages (laughs) about what had happened over on Mirth. I think she had told me that the key card let her into some lab. It was right around here that I finally asked what the key card actually did. Um, but feeling like Court was closer to Darcy than to me, Steph was always going to be a mystery. Like, it seemed <laughs> like she was close to the Euphoria folks, but like, not knowing exactly, like, <laughs> beyond that. Like,. <laughs> Who knows with uh, Steph? Yeah, like, <laughs> Steph was doing Steph things. It seemed like she could be counted on to be a number a- as needed, but not like we were having intense strategy talks or anything. Mm-hmm. Probably most wary of Chaco at this point, which I think I said in my confessional that, like, that was who I was probably most concerned about. I think, one, because she was clearly closer to Bram and Waxler than to me. Two, she was closer to court 
and I, I don't know for sure like where Quartz Allegiance really was, like if it was going to come down bet- at, at this point, if it was going to come down between Chaco, me, and Darcy. Like I'm not sure exactly who Court like trusted the most. So sort of Chaco being a risk to me that, and we just like weren't really talking ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably the biggest target in my eyes or the person that I was like having the least direct interaction with and then I don't know as we all know my relationship with Wax in the game was very up and down so sort of similarly in that sense that like that was still born more out of the relationship with Bram than out of the one-on-one relationship itself but I think Wax and I had talked the previous cycle about whether there was any interest in switching the vote off of Jordan. And I don't know how serious he actually was about that, but I know that we'd have had some strategy talks in the previous cycle. And so there was like some degree of trust there. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Whether that was reciprocated and whether that was actually going to become anything. But like in the grand scheme of... the ebbs and flows of that relationship it was maybe one of the better cycles for those feelings than others (laughs) (laughs) yes uh interesting i i don't uh, you know i i can i register all of the uh strategic thoughts uh you are attributing to the you from two years ago um and i'm curious it's it's interesting that you say all of that and then as we will see what happens in this next vote it doesn't seem to line up with what your goals are to start with at least at final age yeah no i was thinking before we got on the phone i was like trying to piece together how in the world what's going to end up happening actually comes to pass mm-hmm. and i mean yeah i agree i think that it What I'm saying doesn't at all gel with what ends up happening, but I do think that that is, at the start of the cycle anyway, the headspace that I was in. I mean, it's worth noting that prior to this point, Jordan and I had had conversations about, like, if and when I would be willing to cut Darcy, and there had been, like, a very brief point where I was like, yeah, let's do it now, like, back at the F10 vote or something. Um... So I guess there was, like, some small part of me that was thinking about the fact that I'd be willing to let Darcy go at some point. I think she said something to me right around this point where she's like, I know that if I want to win, I have to cut you off, but I don't think I could ever vote for you. (laughs) And I was like, oh, huh, interesting. Um, Storing that in the back of my head. But I do think that, like, coming out of the ferris wheel and having voted out jordan it was almost like as i said last time that it felt like maddie had it it felt in my eyes like maddie had no choice but to work with me mm-hmm. similarly it felt like i didn't have much a choice besides working with bram and darcy yeah which makes sense so uh let's let's check out this immunity challenge here yeah stepping stones <laughs> so I think that you posted the when to meet for this the night of the Ferris wheel ride. And the so as we discussed, 
or yeah, hot air balloon. My yes. bad. Um, and so as we discussed, that was a night where I was not the most checked into everything. And so I never saw the when to meet for this one. And so mm. this challenge was happening while I was at a jazz band rehearsal. Oh, fun. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was on mobile, like trying to check rounds between songs and yeah i mean seems like a really fun challenge uh <laughs> probably yes. more fun if you're paying attention to it <laughs> yes i see you tagged us to tell us about that and said like oh i may need to sit out and i was like well you can't really sit out of this one <laughs> which you'll get you'll understand when you see the challenge um imagine if you'd won though i know i, I mean i got very you, close you to did. winning, considering yeah. the fact that i was <laughs> not paying attention well it, it it's a little tough when there are two people playing for the same spot so <laughs> the way this challenge worked was each person had a row on the spread on the spreadsheet and on uh we the, we split the eight of you into two groups of four each round and four people would have the opportunity to shift one of the columns further down the the board up or down a space to change the spaces they would be getting to and either make their path to the end easier or make somebody else's path to the end harder and then once four once that had happened four times everybody advanced automatically in whatever way shape or form they could based on what was in front of them so there were a ton of normal stones which you just moved on to normally there were walls that you couldn't move through at all uh there were spaces that had no stone on them and if there was a space next uh, beyond to it, uh, beyond that one that you could jump to, you did that. So you could do two spaces in a turn. And then there were slippery stones where if you moved to them, you had a 50-50% chance of falling and going backward. So, yeah, feasibly, if nobody was paying attention, somebody could advance to the end of this and win without really doing anything. Um. The other thing is that you're represented on the sheet by a letter. And so there are eight of you, and you're each represented by letters A through H, uh, which is very important. <laughs> um, so to the right of the sheet is the letters associated with the players and your names next to them. So A, Court, B, Bramble, C, Waxler, D, Darcy, E, Bird, F, Maddie. And then after that, it tells you what column that person is, just for ease and whatnot. Uh, it comes, and so so this challenge happens, starts fine, and there's one particular move that I was watching around, like, I don't know, turn uh, 12, I don't know. It, it, we were, like, seven moves into the game. And Court makes a move that pushes, puts a wall directly in front of her position on the board and i asked her i was like are you sure you want, is, is that that you, the move you want to do and she's like yeah <laughs> i'm like okay um and at the time i was like well i guess there's a chance she doesn't want to do super well and be targeted for being good at challenges that's possible i see that all the time no 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 <laughs> that's not what was happening um she had thought that she was the C on the board for court. C for court. Um, which was actually Waxler. 
and had been doing making moves up until I think like two thirds of the way through the challenge yeah. under that impression. So, like I said, it makes it kind of tough to beat that as a person playing individually and a person playing individually who is uh, mildly distracted and otherwise occupied. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when I heard about that because I like totally know that I ended up learning it, but I don't think it was during the challenge, nor do I think it was immediately <laughs> after the challenge. But at some point when I, and obviously I wasn't paying enough attention to know, like to notice, say, oh, court just moved a wall in front of herself. <laughs> so I, I think, again, had I been not so distracted, that might have been more obvious in the moment, but in retrospect is absolutely hilarious to me yeah uh so ultimately it somehow still ends up coming down to the actual court <laughs> piece uh waxler yourself the, the you were the you three were the top three in the challenge uh steph and chaco were both very close as well i remember um and unfortunately like the one of the things and one of the rules that the challenge uses that i think i wish i had a way to uh, I wish we had figured out a way to make this not be a rule somehow was if somebody was in a row in a column and there was a wall either above or mm. below them, you couldn't move that column in that direction and push a wall <laughs> into somebody. And then there are columns that are designed in a way where there are spaces that have a wall on either side of them, which mm. meant that once somebody was there, they could not advance. You couldn't move that column and then there would be people who couldn't advance further yeah um so that was kind of frustrating from a design standpoint but i wasn't it you know this one of the challenges i think that we actually had ready relatively early relative uh compared to when it happened and i don't know that there was a great solution to that issue have the wall knock you back a row well but then again like there the problem is like you're gonna hit multiple people most likely and then it runs into the situation where you're probably never going to get anybody across and we don't want Mass that either chaos. yeah it's just that i think it makes it too easy to <laughs> make this challenge last forever so you know that being said um eventually i think it took like two or three tries um waxler was able to get onto the slippery stone column in the very in the penultimate row and then eventually cross to win his first immunity challenge this season. Oh, good for him. Yeah. I think he was going to be our vote, if I'm reading my confessional correctly, that the original idea was that somehow, I don't know who the numbers were supposed to be, but me, Darcy, Maddie, Steph, guess? Mm -hmm. That's only four. Court? I guess that makes some sense. But yeah, yeah, I think Wax was supposed to be the vote, or at least that was Darcy's idea in, in that moment. <laughs> yes. Uh, Darcy had a bad time at this challenge. <laughs> <sighs> Did not do so great. Uh, so yeah, with Waxler winning immunity, it makes things interesting, um, as it will for the next couple of cycles. And so you i see here in your confessional um that you said i'd rather a me waxler maddie final three 
I, I don't know. That seems very not ideal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know where that, where that came from. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I can see the desire to cut off Bram and Darcy because Darcy and I are going to claim too many of the same things. Mm-hmm. Bram, because Bram in my eyes is the front runner to actually win the game. I can see some argument for cutting off Beans because Beans is, as I've said, just someone that I don't trust. And so I can see an argument for not wanting to sit together at the end. I can even see an argument for keeping Maddie in there because to this point, it didn't feel like he had done much besides have someone play an idol for him. Right. Um... But I don't know where the Waxler fits into that. Really couldn't tell you why Waxler. Unless, I mean, I don't know he has an idol at this point. No. And it feels to me like he's playing second fiddle to Bram. But sitting here many all, all this time <laughs> later, I can't see an argument as to <laughs> have any idea why Waxler is the why that is the ideal final three hmm. Hmm. um well so what what do we, how do you how do we get to the point we end up in so i think i'm still planning to work with darcy i've basically very much convinced myself that there's no way that Bram would ever go here because I feel some desire for Bram to beat out Bread's placement. Obviously, somehow the votes are still going to get confusing, but I have some desire for Bram to beat Bread's placement. Um, But I also know that they're a threat. So I guess when Waxler wins immunity he can't be the vote but there's still some idea that a majority of me darcy steph maddie and court could stick together but court is still likes beans so court's not gonna go for a choco beans vote therefore that leaves bram who we all know is a threat theoretically weakening waxler so that's the five that's the vote I think, is where we ended things after the challenge. But clearly I, like, felt some guilt about, like, I think it would be cool if Bram beats Bread's placement, but I guess the idea being that if we really want to weaken that mirth trio that's never going to vote each other out, now is the time to do it when there are presumably numbers for such a thing. Mm -hmm. But... The next day, I think Tribal was in the evening, and I had a rugby practice that ran, like, until 45 minutes before Tribal or something. And so I think going into practice, even, or right right before practice, I guess, like an hour before practice, I was pretty set on, I guess, just doing this Bram plan, even though I didn't feel great about making Bram the vote. Um, and that's when Wax... DMs me and I want to find the actual message he sent because I think he was like we need to talk and I was like oh 
what do you want to talk about? Um, um, gosh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, what's up? And he was like, well, Darcy said to me that she thinks you're really dangerous and like, there's a chance that she might want to target you and wouldn't it be such a shame if, you know, Darcy voted you out? Like, I know you two are close, but there's, you know, you don't want to let Darcy vote you out. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. Like, does this mean that she's, like, going to start gunning for me soon? And, like, I don't know. She worked with the Mirth people last time. Um, yeah, here we go. He goes, hey, bird. You said something to me the other day. I really had didn't have a chance to touch on. You said you were scared of your place on the tribe, and I was just wondering why you thought that. I don't know why it just hit me. LOL. And then <laughs> we like <laughs> which I like does not feel like a waxler phrase, but like Yeah. So he and I have this like back and forth for a little bit. And then he goes Bird, I'm having a hard time with something right now because it makes everything a mess. And I'm like, say more. He's like, well, let's just ruin my game here because why not? And then he's basically like, Darcy didn't care because you'll be taken out soon anyway because you're a threat and I don't want you to be putting your trust in the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to be upfront with you. And, you know, I, if Darcy sees you as a threat, then if you get voted out, then I'm going to be next or something. I was like, oh, crap. Clearly, Waxler could not be lying to me about this. I mean, obviously, I think there was some, like, degree of fear that because Darcy had said the thing to me about, like, oh, I guess I'll have to cut you off at some point if I want to win. I was like, oh, my gosh, are these... <laughs> <laughs> Is she actually plotting this thing? Is she actually trying to put this you know, in someone's head. Um, and um, just, like, sort of this fear, and I'm, like, literally running out the door to rugby practice as we're having this conversation. And so I'm like, well, maybe Darcy is plotting against me. And But then I'm like, but I also don't really trust Maddie so much. And Wax is like, well, do you want to vote Maddie? Or would you consider a play on Darcy? And of course, me, who's not really actually considered actively taking aim at Darcy, is like, well, let me go to rugby practice and I'll get back to you. <laughs> and I think part of it was, so it's final eight, which means you need five for a majority. But in my eyes, the vote was going to be Wax, Chaco, Bram, and me on Darcy. Mm -hmm. And Steph, Darcy, Maddie, and Court all on Bram. Right. Was what I figured was going to happen. And then I was like, there's no way I'm going to Rocks to save Bram because clearly I was willing to vote them all day. So then once it ties 4-4, that basically buys me time to like actually hear arguments from both Darcy and Bram and figure things out or like let someone else not go to rocks like sort of figure out like what was going to happen like in my eyes it was going to be a 4-4 four, four, 
I knew I was on the bottom of the Mirth 3, but I figured that at least they were a cohesive unit who might be willing to take me on as a fourth, as opposed to being sort of the head of a motley crew on the other side. Yeah. So I think that's how we got there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's That gets us most of the way, I think. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I guess, did you show up to Tribal Council still expecting that outcome? Yeah. Okay. I, like, knew that things were, like, a little bit weird between me and Maddie because I had accidentally in the challenge made a couple moves that made it look like I was targeting him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wasn't 100% sure that he had, um, I wasn't 100% sure that like he had completely forgiven me for that, but I figured that it was going to be this 4-4 scenario going into the vote. Okay. Um, Because I'm trying to I I know one of my favorite moments um in the lounge this season was surrounded this vote and it kind of ended up uh it's um because when you come out of this tribal council the you the first thing you ask Waxler was who was the fifth vote right and Waxler yep. tells you it's Maddie yeah in the lounge there one of jeffness uh uh, restated this and was like quote unquote who was the fifth vote waxler says you were (laughs) which obviously he would never say that because that's bad gameplay but um it it really is because i'm looking through the maddie waxler dm and maybe uh i remember even talking to maddie and kind of reaching the conclusion that it never felt like the neural length between the two of them amounted to anything. And, it's, you know, he even admitted that, like, it might have been something he could have played on a little bit more at final five. Mm-hmm. Um, but this might have been, I, I don't know, like, how yeah. well their working relationship was at this point in the game. But, like, that that in and of itself is potentially just enough to have made it something as opposed to nothing. Um and so, you know, there's the co- a conversation from Maddie and Waxler that morning before Waxler even reproaches you where they're talking about Darcy being a duo with you and with Court separately and wanting to make sure uh, that they go after Darcy in some way or shape or form, talking about a potential tie between Darcy and Bram, which doesn't include you. Uh, and I think... Um, I think, like, this, to me, from the outside, felt like maybe the biggest moment of the season where mm-hmm. you had very little control in the game. No control. Yeah. Well, and I think Darcy was probably going home on this vote no matter what. Because, I mean, I don't know. You've talked to Waxler, but it... I haven't. Oh, you haven't. Okay. Because I, I get the sense that he he knew who the vote was and might have considered an idle play had he not been able to that's swing. tough to know yeah. i'm not sure um some part of the back of my mind wants me to think that 
there's no way he would have played it unless it was for himself. But I don't think that's completely factual either. So I, I'm curious to see what he says when I do yeah. talk to him. Um, so you're saying so if let's say there's no idol play, and you mm-hmm. go through with the uh, Bram vote without mm-hmm. and Waxler never comes to you. If we get a four-four tie between Bram and Darcy, with you having initially voted for Bram, does that change anything as opposed to it being a four-four tie with you having voted for Darcy? Or is it still mostly reliant on what people say and the vibes you get? I think tribal? it depends largely on if Waxler had told me Darcy was the vote and I actively decided to still vote Bram versus if I was left out of the vote. Because I think if I hadn't known that Darcy was the vote, then I would have been willing to stay strong and, you know, go to rocks or hope that some, like, you know, whatever, a Maddie wasn't willing to go to rocks for Bram. Mm -hmm. Which he probably wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So in many ways, like, that might have been a better play, but obviously I had no idea that... (laughs) That was how the numbers were going to shake out. But I think had I voted for Darcy and it had been a 4-4, I would have been more open to hearing arguments than if I had voted for Bram and it had been a 4-4. I mean, in many ways, a 4-4 in that scenario where it goes to rocks, in some ways, you know, I'm feeling so guilty at this point in the game that, like in some ways knowing that neither Bram nor Darcy would draw a rock in a mm-hmm. rock scenario. Almost in some ways it's like, yeah, I have a one in five chance of getting rocked out. But on the other hand, it means that both Bram and Darcy stay in the game, which somehow feels somewhat valiant. <laughs> or we hope that Maddie flips. <laughs> yes. Uh, so when we do get to this vote and... I'm reading through your confessional around you casting it, um, (laughs) saying, no one else is getting a cute parchment after this. We will no longer feel remorse about hurting people. Bird is a robot that has no feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that seems accurate. Yep. You sus-eyed my no one's getting a cute (laughs) parch after this. I did. (laughs) rude but also (laughs) called for but then why did i not read anything into that (laughs) yep so many questions because i really i made it all the way to f like i made it all the way to the lounge before it ever occurred to me that the things that i had written on my parchments were things that shouldn't have been written there i (laughs) obviously where i was sitting i think the sessis are more about the cute parchment component of that message but I could see interpreting it as no one else is getting being the that's thing that's true. being sussed, I suppose. Especially yeah. if you have no reason to believe that they're not cute. Yeah. Um, for reference, this parchment you put, Darcy, I had to get you before you could get to me. Get to you before you could get to me. Which, you know, yeah. far more tame, I think, than the others. Yeah. But and... still to the point of, like, I think she would, like, she was... She's claimed that she was never going to vote for me. And so, like, yeah, was there a her getting to me? Does that something that... That's a good question. I think you'll have to listen to the Darcy podcast. I will have to listen to the Darcy <laughs> podcast. Um, 
So, uh, yes, you said you were ready to go to Rocks for Bram. And then we get to the vote reveal. And fifth vote for Darcy shows up. Well, and you kept my vote for last, which in some ways was like even more weird. <laughs> yes. Because then true. it's like, oh, I, as soon as the fourth vote is read, then I actually know that like Jeffness is correct. I was the fifth vote. <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> as soon as the fourth vote was read, it was like, hold up a second. <laughs> but, flip. Yeah. You talk yes to they flipped. Was it an extra vote? It's gotta be an extra vote. No, they had to flip somebody, but who? <laughs> I am the villain. <laughs> I am the most villainous villain. Yep. Yep. Mm. Uh yeah. How what was it like? to feel powerless i guess i don't know i mean i i guess like it doesn't feel quite as powerless as if it was a complete blind side and whether or not i'm thankful for that is hard to say but i do think like if i was saying that episode was the like high point for my relationship with waxler Mm -hmm. it also probably was like right afterwards was probably like me feeling the most betrayed like it's hilarious that someone letting you in on a vote can feel like (laughs) a form of betrayal but somehow like yeah one in the aftermath being like was that even a move that like made any sense like at least feeling like i was the fourth in a group of four felt okay but feeling like the fifth in a group of five felt way more precarious Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of, I think it was hard to feel played by Maddie, say, because it felt like for him that was a smart self-preservation move. But sort of coming out of that feeling like I had lied to both Court and Darcy and Steph. Darcy obviously wasn't there to, like, make any apologies to. Court, I was honestly surprised, was willing to hear my apology at all like out of that vote like i had you know lost the like this was the beginning of the end like i've now just voted out the two people that i care about and the people who i just voted with i don't think are actually invested in me right and yeah and, you know, it makes you feel like a, right? I'm feeling like a villain, too. Like, that in the last two votes, I voted out the two people I feel closest to. And, I mean, maybe it's more villainous to do it without any remorse. But I don't think anyone believes me when I, like, at the time, I don't think anyone believed that the remorse was particularly genuine. <laughs> I'm reading some of your thoughts the next morning. And it kind of parallels what you just said. And um, one of the things that I think you kind of touch on that I very much agree with is that you say, the biggest kicker is I voted out my allies to try to get to the end. So the biggest fuck you to them is to not try anymore because then voting them out was for nothing. So basically, I have to be sad and fight, and it's my own goddamn fault I'm here at all. Yep. Yep. It's 
it's it's it's a weird thing and i guess you know there's a lot of and i think you know maybe you can attribute some of this these early morning thoughts here uh, to just the sort of raw emotions that come after voting somebody out and i assume that a lot of them kind of are not that they weren't true and how you felt but that it it wasn't quite so amplified the next day or even maybe that evening um mm-hmm. but a lot of it is like you just really kind of taking yourself to task for what's happened yeah um in a lot of different ways and um i'm i guess i'm just what because <laughs> this 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 right here is my own personal like dread <laughs> of playing like of playing these games is not specifically feeling the way you're feeling but feeling as much as you're feeling about things that are happening and having the ability to you know like i don't know for a nice 15 minute period of just running back through the events that happened why they went the way they did why didn't you do something different that maybe would have made you feel better or maybe would have made everything feel better why were you you know there's so much fucking blood on my hands i was just a flipper who acted impulsively um i think i saw you call yourself trash at one point like etc 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 um i knew she'd never vote for me deep in my heart like you know just beating yourself up over and over again about this kind of thing and so you know what was that something that you could actually push to the back of your mind as the game progressed from here or was that just like or was it more of a sort of throbbing presence that just was always in the front of your mind kind of as we get to the next few cycles i mean i think the biggest feeling was like silence like the three of us like i was talking to both Jordan and Darcy, like all day, every day. Like mm-hmm. the first thing I would do when I would wake up in the morning was message them. The last thing I would do before bed was message them. Like to the extent that like, whatever, I'm usually pretty careful about going to bed, like <laughs> trying to log off at 10 PM. And like, I would be talking to them for an extra hour because they were awake and around and I enjoyed those conversations. So I think like, it was just like the soul crushing silence of like, oh, this was like a, like for three and a half weeks, I was having nonstop conversations. I had people that I, whatever, something was silly happening at work and I'd have someone to talk to. I'd sit in front of the TV and I'd have someone to talk to. I mean, I really think that like (laughs) those few weeks, like, in many ways drove my current online-ness. Like I was obviously online pretty, like a pretty decent amount prior to that. But I do feel like after that, my life became more on Discord than it was previously. But I think that like, it was this weird feeling of emptiness, but also a feeling that like, I played a big hand in voting both of them out for a hand we don't have to say whether it was a big hand or not but um 
that like in some ways it made it feel like the only way to feel justified in doing that was to keep doing it like somehow if I had come out of that and been like wow this really sucks I'm not gonna vote for my closest allies anymore and I'm just gonna you know figure out other ways to move forward in the game that like that somehow would have made voting them out feel even more useless like if I'm willing to take someone that I care less about and treat them in some ways kinder from a gameplay perspective then it feels like why did I treat the people I cared most about like crap so in some ways it was like well if I'm gonna you know be this backstabber to the people who I care most about then I might as well just keep being that person towards everyone else in the game (laughs) there's a lot of talk in in these thoughts about you know making it to the end in light of what's happened and that kind of thing but I guess like is that encompassing the idea of winning in when you're saying that or is that something that you're not really thinking about because I think the plan to backstab everybody uh, isn't necessarily the best way to win at the end whether or not it might be the best way to get there i don't think i've ever fully understood how to be good at jury management i've said for a long time i don't really understand how heroes win orgs so i think in my eyes i think it's hard for me and it particularly was hard then given that it was the first game i was ever playing to like think about what a jury might care about and the concept of a bitter jury like I watched a decent number of orgs at this point, but, like, I guess had either never truly seen a bitter jury or just, like, didn't really understand what that meant. And obviously, like, I've seen a decent number of Survivor seasons, too. But I think, like, the concept of people being upset by being, quote-unquote, outplayed didn't particularly cross my mind. So I think in my mind it was like, yeah, I whatever if you backstab people but when you get to the end clearly you had control of the game and like did a lot of stuff like they should get over themselves and (laughs) (laughs) not feel hurt about being backstabbed like that's on them so i don't know i don't think it was like uh oh i just need to get to the end no matter what and i don't care if i win or not it was more like even being cutthroat and ruthless should be a acceptable way to win Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it's interesting because i remember watching russell hance play yeah when i when i was first getting into survivor um and specifically in samoa his first season i felt like and you know from from the outside i was like oh this is a very obviously not a nice guy but like oh he's doing so much with so many things uh at times with so little things and clearly is in control of this game clearly is just playing on a completely different level from everyone around him that i was like oh yeah this guy like like him or not like and obviously most of the people on the show hate did not like him that season (laughs) Yeah. But, like, you can't deny how well he played 
within the confines of the game. And yeah. I'm sitting there like, oh yeah, I'd vote for him. I, you know, if he, if I, if I got that masterfully outplayed, like yeah, of course I'd vote for him. Well, like how how could I vote for anybody else, right? And uh, well, we all know how that season ended. Uh, <laughs> or if you don't watch it, um, because, and I, I feel like there's a lot, probably a lot of people who felt the same way I did watching that season. And it really is something that's so tough to put yourself in the shoes of a person that's get who actually like he wasn't betraying me. He wasn't, you know, burning my clothes or throwing the machete I was going to use into the wilderness for lost to eternity. Uh, I didn't I could see those things happening and I could understand they were not nice they were mean they were rude they were whatever villainous but as the person who wasn't experiencing them directly it's hard to react and respond to them in a way that the people who were feeling getting that those actions uh would and so if you don't if you haven't been on the wrong side of a backstabbing blindside villainous type of game move it's hard to actually recognize the way somebody's going to feel or how much somebody's going to feel when that happens. Um, but so I guess, I guess my question being like, had you seen those types of seasons? Cause there's a few of those. They're fairly prominent featuring fairly big players in the show. Like if you had seen Samoa, I don't, not that you're Russell Hans, but like that's, a reasonable analog to the game this the the trajectory of these the seasons that kind of comes from what you do yeah i i mean i'm definitely like now familiar with seasons like that i don't know if at the time i was unfamiliar with them or if it was more that just like i'm very bad at remembering what's (laughs) happened in a season after it's not the most recent one or even if it is it's like they all blend together so it's hard to be like oh i took some nugget of wisdom for that i mean obviously now when i watch survivor i watch it with the eye of like someone who pays a lot more attention to like what kind of gameplay i respect and what i don't um but I don't know. And I guess it, it I didn't feel like I was doing anything on a personal level that was cruel. It felt like, it, it, at least in my own eyes, it was like the idea that personally I love talking to you every day and I find that enjoyable and I find our banter enjoyable and I think that playing together is fun. But I also think that having you gone is a useful thing for my future and I'm seeing those as two different feelings about a person like the the personal versus the Mm -hmm. game version of a person and so i think that like in that sense it was like oh i spent like a month getting to know you and yeah in the last eight hours we spent together i did something cruel but shouldn't the other you know three weeks outweigh less than half a day of (laughs) so i don't know i think that yeah, it's also just hard to see it until you're in it. And I don't think I've ever seen 
Like, I, I haven't seen that many juries that felt as burned in the time since playing. Sure. They've Either, gotten so. quite better in that regard. Yeah. I guess, I guess not better from, like, being a juror standpoint, but better from just casting people who don't play like that <laughs> most of yeah. the time. Generally speaking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's move on to final seven and the hall of mirrors immunity Ooh. everyone's yes. favorite sort of uh i like hall of mirrors so jeffrey uh created this all the boards that we used all the puzzles for this one and the idea was at least in the if you look at the practice uh example <laughs> you would have numbers on the left numbers on the right and you'd follow their trajectory as if light was shining through them and it would reflect off of uh, diagonal lines and bend at a you know 90 degree angle every time it hit one. Find the numbers that when you shine a light through, it bounces all the way to the other side. Um, this proved to be very divisive with the cast as far as huh. people who understood what to do. Um, <laughs> so the, met- the methodology here was that we'd do a puzzle. Everyone would submit their answers. You could submit your answer as many times as you needed to before you got the correct one within, uh, I think, 10 minutes we gave you per round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the person who took the most uh, submissions to get the right answer would be eliminated. If that was a tie, it's whoever submitted their answer last time-wise would be eliminated. And then we do another puzzle and so on. So uh, we're going to spend the first three rounds eliminating people who didn't fully understand what the challenge wanted them to do uh which would be uh maddie and court and steph which left you bram chaco and waxler as the four people who got the correct answer on the first try every time and therefore never had to worry about it until the fourth round um i don't know was this i don't know how intuitive or much did you like this puzzly type of thing i mean i like spatial puzzles i'm trying to do them now and i'm feeling like i'm way out of my groove like in the moment <laughs> i feel like i was like oh yeah i've totally got a strategy like i think at first i was gonna try to draw out the lines but then i was like no it's gonna take like way too much time to draw the lines but i do think i was like pulling them into a photo editor so that you know, if I saw that one was wrong, I'd cross it off. If I saw that, oh, that two ends at four, then I know, okay, I don't have to check two or four. Yeah. Um, but being able to just quickly trace what's going on felt doable. And I think, like, trying to figure out how to, like, not lose time by downloading the photo, bringing it into a photo editor and then getting to my confessional channel. Like I was more concerned about the losing time doing things that wasted time than I was concerned about the actual challenge itself. (laughs) Sure. Like if you, you know, whatever, if this was a game show or even like in the show live and it was just up on a screen or something and whoever shouted it the fastest, (laughs) like I was more stressed about the conversion from live to digital than I was about the like, actual ability to do the challenge yeah uh until you got to the end of course (laughs) (laughs) so the fourth round everybody gets it right on the first try 
and Chaco was the slowest and was eliminated that time. So fifth round, uh, we removed the grid lines on the board. Did that affect much for you? I can't remember. I mean, looking at them now, it's definitely making it much little, harder. Yeah. Um, but in the moment, I don't Not remember sure. it being like notably worse. Okay. I think I remember being surprised by it, say, but not like, oh my gosh, this is a terrible change. I do think um, a lot of the strategy became, do I work down the numbers one, two, three, four, five, whatever? Do I work from the bottom? Do I work from the middle? Because it did feel like it was maybe going to come down to mere seconds. Yeah. So in that sense, I think what was maybe more stressful was just that like it seemed like there were more numbers to keep track of and more stuff to keep track of when there weren't grid lines. <laughs> yes. Even though there's the same number of numbers, it just... <laughs> yeah, because in round four, the correct answer was 11. So if you started from the top, it probably took you longer than if you started from the bottom. Uh, in round five, and so uh, everyone again gets it right on the first try, correct answer was three so if you started from the top you probably got to it pretty quick and if you started from the bottom not so much and i uh, think bram was working from the bottom if i remember correctly i think so so bram eliminated here uh, on time which leaves you and waxler <laughs> yeah. funny <laughs> um and so final puzzle again no grid lines and this time in addition to one through 15 down either side there's also a through x along the tops and bottoms so we need to know the number and letter that both that, that the line goes through for both sides uh and so this one the answer was seven right in the middle and k also right in the middle so uh, yeah. not too much variability going from either end which might have been by design i don't know i'd have to ask <laughs> jeffrey um if it wasn't <laughs> lucky that it ended up being as no near middle as it ended yeah. up because i think that's probably pretty nice but of course i guess you could have started in the middle uh for example um so yeah i don't know how did you feel about this if in the moment if you can remember i just remember that i don't know if it was letters or numbers but whichever one it was the first time i went through i crossed off every single one. Oh no so I was like, well, this sucks because I don't even know what the... Yeah, here we go. Fun fact, I eliminated all the numbers on my first go and had to go through them all again and then proceeded to do the exact same thing with the letters. So I guess it was letters <laughs> and numbers, but in both cases, I messed up. and So I think that was the big thing. And I also think, if I'm remembering correctly, that you paused a really long time after we submitted so i did I was yes. just sitting there like did i go first and waxler's still going did <laughs> yeah by by design of course yeah um, yeah the the answers of seven and k both of you got it right on your first submission with a difference of one minute and three seconds and the winner going back to back is waxler yep so fun fact um I did a I did a snowflake timestamp because Bram had submitted the answer to this in their confessional, you know, after when I posted the image and was faster than both of you. 
it's way more stressful when you're in it yeah of course of course but you know an interesting <laughs> what if yeah a what if that's probably born from it's equally fast to go from either direction on this one. So, and if you don't mess up yes. to both the letters and the numbers. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, Waxler, two immunities in a row. Uh, again, cannot be voted for. Presumably, if he was going to be a target last time, he might be one again this time. So, now what? So Bram comes to me and says, Hey, Bird, you know how we've been talking about working together since day one of this game? <laughs> and we find, we've been together at Merge for, what, four votes at this point? And have sort of worked together on some of them. Have ultimately voted together on three out of the four of them. But not entirely, like, because we were in complete agreement and working together completely. Um, but yeah, so now we're actually going to work together. How does that sound? How does it sound if you are the fourth person in my group with wax and beans? And I can guarantee that you can make it to Final Four with us. And if you win Final Four immunity, congrats, you can make FTC. I'm like, <laughs> now that is a really interesting proposal. On the one hand, yes, would love to actually get a chance to work with Bram. Hmm. But on the other hand, don't love an offer that says, I can guarantee you fourth place and that's it. Yeah. Um, I know you've talked to Bram and in conversations that we've had postseason, they have said there's a chance that I may have been able to convince them to at the very, very least give me fire had I not... <laughs> one final four immunity or even help like let me get to ftc but like in the moment i'm hearing a proposal from someone that's like here's what i can give you final four at best and i was like how badly do i want to take final four like how badly do i want to just like play for fourth like <laughs> mm -hmm. i can take this offer but then the offer is effectively like play for fourth and if you can win some motion, congrats, but otherwise you've like basically guaranteed yourself fourth place. Um, but I think I knew this conversation was coming because Bram then like right after the challenge was like, hey, we should talk at some point. And I was like, yeah, uh -huh, I can't do it right now. And I run to court and I'm like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen here, but Wax, of course, can't be our target again. Mm -hmm. But you and I seem willing to work together and i'm not really sure why i think that i trust that i can get the numbers here because maddie just went behind my back on the last vote um but i feel like you know as we talked about at the merge vote i feel like i've regained court's trust i've regained steph's trust and i guess maddie has somehow regained my trust so i'm like you know I think Bram's going to offer this to me, but I also don't know if I want that offer, trust that offer. So do we want to think about making Bram the vote? And so then when Bram actually makes the offer, I decide now is the time to use those nifty spy glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'm going to agree with Bram that, yes, we should absolutely work together. I would love to be the number four in your group. That sounds great to me. Um, 
I love the idea of basically, I mean, at this point, it sort of feels like we're the top dogs. And there is something about, like, I don't know. I, it's part of what I liked about, say, the Hidden City F4 Pact. That, like, there is something kind of fun about thinking about, like, the four most dominant players <laughs> riding to F4 together. I played a game recently where I would argue that we were the three most dominant players and we played to FTC together. Like, there was something appealing about this idea of playing to the end with people that, you know, it felt like had played really strong games and were games that I would feel okay losing to and people that I would feel okay losing to. And so, like, some part of me genuinely, like, could see the value in that, but also was sort of planning to not actually go along with this plan. Um, and so that's when I used the glasses to see... <laughs> If Bram would go back to Beans and say, hey, Bird <laughs> agrees and wants to work with us. Yeah. Um, I figured that that is something that they would say, because it's not unreasonable if you're asking someone to be the fourth to your group of three, <laughs> that you would go to the other two people in the group of three and say, yeah, this person agreed to be our number four. Um, and just sort of testing to make sure that I actually seemed genuine, because there was some fear that like, Bram was going to hear this and be like, oh, they're totally lying out their ass and we should go <laughs> vote for them right now because clearly this is a lie. But instead, all I found out was like one sentence that confirmed what I needed it to confirm and then Chaco going grocery shopping. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you grab uh, a couple of message about messages about Steph and then the uh, presumed target of uh court and even yeah. i mean bram does say that you know they got a message from you confirming the thing chaco says yes and they want to all vote you're all just going to vote out court and go to the end as a four great amazing brilliant yeah. plan um well, but i do turn around to court and say hey by the way they're telling me that you're going to be the vote mm -hmm. um and court's like i'm going to make you all these things to show you why you should keep me. And I did feel a little guilt. I was like, I'm not letting Bram vote for them or fight for themselves, but I am letting Court fight for herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what's up what's up with that? I think it's just this fear that like going along with the four is not sustainable. Court is still unwilling to vote Chaco, as far as I can tell. I don't know if I'd never tried to push Chaco or if I was just more afraid of Bram being at the end. Certainly, having known in retrospect that there was an idol there, I'd be even more afraid of <laughs> yes. letting Bram try to make any argument. Because I think if I said, hey, I'm waffling between you and Court, do you want to fight for yourself? Like, that feels way more risky that the vote's going to flip on me than if I said to court, well, they're considering your name, I'm not going to vote for you, but, like, she's genuinely afraid that, like, mm. she's just seen me tell that to two other people <laughs> that I'm going to write for them. So why should I be trusted to not do it to someone I don't even... Like, it's pretty obvious that, like, my relationship with court is nowhere near what my relationship was to Darcy and Jordan. So, I mean... 
I can see why she felt a need to fight, but I didn't feel like her type of fighting would lead to flipping on me. Whereas I was much more afraid of if the Mirth group found out that I wasn't actually working with them, that it could flip on me. And I also was genuinely afraid that like they had made the same pitch to Maddie, right? Like if in the last vote they were able to flip Maddie, what who's to say that they hadn't gone to him and say, Hey, do you want to be our fourth? Mm -hmm. Obviously if they had, and he had gone along with it, then court still would have flipped, but somehow Maddie and I reconciled our differences. Somehow. Somehow. Um, you ask, uh, you, you muse in your confessional about why people continue to trust you and how can a villain be so likable? Um, important questions, really good questions that I genuinely don't have the answers to, uh, because I don't feel like there is a viable answer (laughs) to be honest. Um, but you get to, so this is the... I think tribal was this day, uh, the afternoon, and you posit, I wonder if Wax will still work with me after this vote. Um, I doubt it. Yeah, highly <laughs> unlikely. You, But you said your current ideal Final Four is Waxler, Court, Steph, and yourself, which is the Ayo. Final Four we get. But I'm curious why Waxler being there is ideal over Maddie, for example. I think there was some part of me that was feeling like Waxler was playing a good game that I wanted to reward. And I still think, like, even all the way to the end, I didn't realize the sway that Maddie was going to have. No, not Maddie. That Waxler was going to have with the jury. Like, I saw him as a threat, but I saw him at this point still as mostly a physical threat. Like, he and I weren't chatting that much, so I didn't see him as a super big social threat. I knew he'd done some strategic things, but I felt like Bram was running their trio. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why over Maddie. I think I was hoping that maybe Maddie would vote for me if he was at the end. And I think he just maybe still felt like an ally of convenience. Whereas for some reason, I think I I never wanted to give up on some possible world where Waxler and I could actually work together. Uh, given the thought, you know, given that you felt he was primarily a physical threat, was there would was there no, any concern that if he's there, he beats you at Simotion, and that could be a potentially like because then because then what do you do in that scenario? I honestly cry yeah (laughs) give up run away to the woods but i mean you have to admit that if anyone was going to beat you at some ocean waxler seems like the best contender there yeah yeah i don't know and clearly like he's the at this point he's now beat me at three head-to-head things things I mean, I, I guess two head to head, and then he beat whatever he beat all of us at stepping stones. Like, yeah, maybe you can't argue that one was head to head, but certainly he's beat me at two head to head things. But I don't know. 
I'm certain there was some concern. Obviously, it's not like the last two cycles there hadn't been some thought that he was um, a possible target had he not won immunity. But I don't know. I, I think, as I said earlier, Bram feels like the obvious threat of the three, so they need to go. Chaco Beans and I just like never had any relationship, so I didn't feel any need for her to be in my final four. Mm-hmm. At least Wax and I had some relationship. It would have felt maybe, I mean, obviously Court was in that ideal final four, but like would have maybe felt more like a pagonging had the final four been me, Steph, Maddie, and Court. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I still, yeah, I, all of these are as much me thinking about my past logic as they are about actually remembering being in the moment like ah uh, yes I need Waxler in my final four for some absurd reason as we all do everyone wants Waxler in their final I mean <laughs> Waxler in final four is fun and quirky uh, so we get to tribal council and you admit not maybe 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 admits not the right word you say i cannot do something fun because i need the deniability just in case but a christmas font would be so good i actually do have a christmas font parchment that i made <laughs> i never posted it here but i did send it to bram after the game was over because i do think a christmas font would be fun for any particular reason because it's bram's favorite holiday and we'd talked about how it's they it's like also Christmas. two days before Halloween. Yeah, but it's not Halloween yet. It's wrong holiday. It's more Halloween than it is Christmas. I think that you're reading too much into why <laughs> I would want to make a Christmas font. It was entirely because I was like, oh, Bram likes Christmas. I'm doing a different font for everything. Oh, I have a Christmas font saved onto my computer. Also, we end up having tribal on Christmas. Or on Halloween. So there was there was time for a Halloween font. Still. You didn't know that, though. <laughs> I just knew it deeply in my soul uh-huh. that it was going to be the, the holiday. Um, so you end up with a nice teal font, which looks very yeah. nice. Has no commentary on it, which is probably nope. a good thing. Uh, and so, yeah, we get to this vote. Did you feel confident that it would end out end up being a 4-3 bramble vote i mean clearly i was worried that there was still a chance that maddie would flip but i did find in our dms that it appears that they did come to both of us and say hey will you be our four and we talked to each other and we're like oops no that's weird to be there for <laughs> yeah um and so i think i was feeling decently confident that like we were in agreement that being fourth to them was not a viable path forward and that we were a better path forward for each other. But certainly I think there was some part of me that was like, I don't 100% know for sure that this is what happened, but in the event that court goes home here, I'm going to go run to, like, I'm going to push as hard as I can to pretend like whatever vote Maddie submitted (laughs) was yours was mine <laughs> and that maddie is the one who didn't vote with them that would have been so much fun to, to watch yeah honestly i kind of wish maddie had flipped just to like <laughs> see 
what happened in that aftermath. But yeah, I mean, I was ready to lie my ass off and be like, no way, no how, why would I ever have voted for you? And I think in that universe, hopefully I'm able to convince them that I'm genuine and then I ride with them to final four. <laughs> uh, you say after this vote, that if I don't win villain of the season, I am leaving Alliance. And wow. uh, I mean, I guess fair, but also just another me pointing out an instance of you uh, hyper focusing on statistics and accolades yeah. and the and the like. I kind of breezed I think over. They should have just not voted for me for villain of the season, and I know they... there was a campaign too. <laughs> yes, there absolutely was. Um. Yeah, I, I I breezed past, uh, I think, a message you sent earlier that day uh, that just said message 3000 in your confessional. Um, so, uh, yes, we have reached final six. Bram is voted out four to three, becomes the fifth member of the jury. And it does go exactly as you expect with Bram, uh, Chaco, and... Waxler voting for court. So the trio has finally been broken apart. Good. Yay. <laughs> Yay. You did it. Hooray. I feel so excited. This was my... I'm. You know, there's just like something so enjoyable about voting the three people back to back that you've been talking to nonstop since day one. That's like... I mean, always feels that's the great. goal when you come into the game right yeah it's to like find people you think are great talk to them all the time and then make them uh ninth eighth and seventh place yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and now be sitting at final six with some allies mm -hmm. <laughs> and some people who probably don't like you you know yeah um so final six <sighs> And uh, I, I passed over a message or two. I remember you in your confessional talking about the server challenge, wondering when that was going to happen. It has arrived. So uh, <laughs> server challenges in the past are generally built completely for the season that they are used in and often uh, require incredibly extensive work on my part and potentially other members of production's parts to create, set up, and run. That was not the case this season <laughs> because uh, I, I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure I was just really burnt out and we were kind of stitching a lot of stuff together as we went and didn't have the time to actually build uh, a server challenge in and of itself. So we, we decided we're just going to repurpose an old one. Great. Easy. Yeah. And so in Chattern, the very first server challenge was the Haunted House. And I went back through those commands. It was really weird going back through Me 6 since we hadn't used Me 6 in like yeah. four seasons. Uh, and I rewrote a few things, tweaked stuff, and changed some of the interactions that the players had. I removed the secrets that had been added to the uh, server for people to play it in the off season. 
and things that had been there from when we did it in Chattern that were advantages. There weren't any of that. There wasn't any of that stuff this time. Since there are only six people left, and it's kind of late for advantages. Yeah, it's anyway. a little late for advantages. So the way this worked was if you made it through uh, <laughs> and no one else did, you won. And if multiple people make it through, then we would do it again, and you, there would be certain junctures where you'd have to make different choices than the first time. And if everyone survived the second time, uh, it would be whoever did it fastest. So, yeah, tell me about your experience in the haunted house. Well, so as I've mentioned a few times now, I was like, "Hey, gotta take notes on this." You said something about like <laughs> there might be like obviously if there are some paths that will lead to death and there are some paths that won't there must be some way to know what paths are the good ones because i don't think you would introduce a purely luck-based challenge at the final six like that would be silly so one of my thoughts was something that might look like lore at the beginning that's like well you know you always want to be right or something like that that might be a useful thing to sure, have sure. note of um or you know whatever if there's some quote that someone says at one point that like that might be a useful information for a choice um further along um but i think the most notable thing is i don't admittedly know much horror but i think it was was there an it room is that the that's where you died yeah or no that's that's Um, the room you passed through before you died yeah that's the room room i was in before i died but i think what was so haunting (laughs) about this challenge was how it felt like this clown was actually watching what was happening in the game (laughs) um i i was so (laughs) pleased that that was one of the rooms you went in Oh, I, I hated it so much. And I think I was talking in my confessional as it was happening, too. Uh, yeah, who told this clown my deepest, darkest fears? Um, yeah, let's see. You look like a nice person. I bet you have a lot of friends. I have a few, you answer. The door behind you slams shut and you hear it lock in place. You take a few more steps. <laughs> Don't you see me, bird? I've missed you. Play a game with me, would ya? Bumper balls? Oh, yes. You like that one, don't you? The voice chuckles. I love it. Did you leave anyone behind in the crypt? Where have all your friends gone? No, I didn't leave anyone behind, you mutter. This is just, it's all online. They're fine. Isn't this real enough for you, it says? Aren't I real enough for you? Did you give up on your friends, bird? Are you sure they're okay? Where are they? The clown looks around. I think I can hear them. Can't you? Can't you hear them? Oh my god. It was just in the moment I'm sitting there like, how is this clown just known that like the thing that I am traumatically struggling with right now is the fact that I've just harshly cut off everyone that matters to me. And it the clown's just watching me. I don't think I had any choices in that one. No, it's a was... very choice devoid yeah route um you get to um yes 
So you get to a point where um, he drags you under the water and he throws you down a tunnel. You tumble out into an open cavern. You rub your head and look around, noticing that the water is gone and that you must be underneath the mansion now. Or I don't know if I changed that to make it hotel or not. <laughs> you made it a hotel, yeah. Okay. I'm reading off the uh, uh, Word document. Um, yeah. And... The clown says, you aren't strong enough to hurt me, bird. The clown laughs. You stare down at your hands, wings, knowing you are <laughs> strong enough or you just don't know what to do. And so that was the choice. And uh, strong enough being the correct answer in this instance. What happens if you say what? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you say what... Uh, the clown finally gets all the way through the tunnel and looms over you. His drool splashes next to you and some ricochets onto your shirt. I think I can do this, you mutter. You glance around frantically searching for something you can use to strike back. The giant clown bends down until his face is the only thing you can see. Your hand brushes against a pipe. You swing it at the clown's face. It's not very effective. I'll take you. I'll take you and I'll feast on your flesh as I feed on your fear. He taunts you. Your fingers go limp around the pipe in your hand. You're terrified, and now I'm going to devour you. The clown's mouth opens, and his hand reaches out to stop you from running. You strain against his grip, but you can't stop yourself from being shoveled into his mouth and ground into food. And you die. I'm so glad I wasn't eaten by a clown. <laughs> I yeah. will take being strong. I will take my eventual end over being eaten by a clown. <laughs> yeah. No, I... Had, that was one of the first ones I wrote way back when, um, when I when we first did this, it, and it kind of shows because it's far more narrative than it is choicey, uh, which is yeah. just the way things work. <laughs> I am more uh, more proclivity to that, and uh, so yeah, you you survived this one. Good job, we love it, and then yada yada yada, and we get to. Um, your inevitable demise. <laughs> I'm just like I've been tracking the whole thing. I like have some idea that like there's gonna be something. Yeah, I mean the the obviously there is another choice that I a couple more choices I make after this, but I think <laughs> the choice that most plagued me was that of scary not scary and very scary because i had some sense that picking one of them was like absolutely wrong like was going to lead to certain death mm -hmm. but i wasn't sure which one it was going to be so i think i ended up going with scary yes. but yeah so not scary um takes you to a part of the hotel that was modeled after uh, happy death day and the idea being that you were in a in a bedroom and you could interact with like a dozen different things and each time each thing you interacted with killed you but because it's based on happy death day it just reround time back to when you got to choose a thing so you couldn't actually die is how that part worked so how did it end well eventually there was one thing that things? was yeah there was one thing that was correct and when you interacted okay. with that you would advance um, the very scary room was cannibals, and mm. you eventually had to decide to eat uh, the beef, <laughs> the potatoes, or both. And if you ate the beef or both, uh, you died. Oh. 
Um, but if you ate the potatoes, which weren't human flesh, uh, you'd survive. Uh, So scary. And for reference, this is the same route that uh, the winner of this challenge takes. Is basically just a weird, haunted, zombie, poltergeisty type of place. Uh, I didn't have any, like, movies that were directly drawing influence from for here. But um, you enter... And there's like a bunch of different spaces. So you can go through an open doorway. There's a second bathroom, a master bedroom, and a second bedroom that has bunk beds in it. Mm-hmm. And you go to the bunk beds. Yeah, because bunk beds are great. And I've never been scared of bunk beds before. In fact, I still, <laughs> the bed that I sleep in at my parents' house is the lower bunk from the bunk beds that I had as a child. <laughs> is the top bunk still on it? No, the top bunk, the beds separated from each other. Like, they no. also stood alone as individual twin beds. So I brought the other one to college and then left it there when I <laughs> moved. But, um, okay. yeah, I still sleep in half of a bunk bed. So I feel like bunk beds are very reasonable and not scary yeah. um, in the grand scheme of things. I guess technically the bunk beds themselves weren't the scary part. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> The bunk beds room features a lot of a Alliance uh, fictional character, uh, Kelp Todd Cube Shoes. I love Kelp Todd, despite (laughs) the fact that they end up murdering me. Uh, In, uh, I I don't know how often I've told this or where I've told it, but essentially, this uh, I go to the beach with my uh, one half of my family most years in the summer. And for the longest time, we've stayed at this place, and there's one bedroom with two bunk beds in it, and it just had tons of SpongeBob SquarePants stuff. Sheets, comforter, blinds, uh, fan, and ceiling fan, mirror, vanity, uh, nightlights. Like, it's just all SpongeBob. There's no SpongeBob in any other room of this place. It's only in the bunk bedroom where I stayed because I uh, we started going when I was a kid and all the other actual bedrooms are taken by the people older than me. So I've slept there many, many years and I'm not scared of it. I don't even dislike SpongeBob. SpongeBob's fine. I've watched tons of it uh, growing up. But I thought it was a really interesting and fun thing to turn into a horror yeah setting i mean there's Uh, just such a thin line between like weirdly obsessive and actually (laughs) horror inducing that's very true so when you go into this room uh it's a lot of kelp todd and then you kind of the you start to hear the theme song uh Mm. and there's a there's a moment where right when it starts or towards the beginning of it you have the option to make it stop as a command or who lives in a pineapple under the sea with pineapple as the command see make it stop seems so distinctly obvious as what the answer should be so clearly (laughs) i blame napalm and say that obviously pineapple (laughs) is the only correct answer here uh so clicking so going through down the pineapple trail uh the song continues to play out and uh you cannot 
cannot escape it. You shrivel into a ball as the sounds of the Kelptad theme song rattle around in your head. You start to bleed from your ears. You can't stop it. The song gets louder and louder. You sniffle and cry as the music drowns out your heartbeat until it stops for good. (sighs) And you died. I died. I just learned from rereading the song that Kelp Todd is purple. I don't know what color I'd been envisioning <laughs> Kelp Todd, but knowing that he's purple makes it even worse. <laughs> <sighs> so when you die, you go to the basement of the hotel and join yeah. anyone else who died, which at the point that you died, I believe included Court and Steph. Yeah. Uh, Steph was killed by a flying bed and <laughs> Court was killed by uh, the cannibal room. So, three people have died. There are three left to go. (laughs) Yep. Love to see it. I don't remember the sequence in order. I think Maddie's the last person to go, which makes it convenient. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is, because we're all like, I guess we're dead. I guess we're dead. We're all dead. Yep. Um, Waxler also killed by in the cannibal room yeah then chaco uh chaco is killed in the laboratory by the frankenstein analog (laughs) and then maddie comes yeah and maddie goes to visit uh goes through pan's labyrinth Ooh, which is fun uh also again chooses the very uh the scary room and instead of going to the bunk beds, goes to the master bedroom. Um, doesn't have much difficulty there. And eventually gets to the lobby. And the lobby is the last part of the challenge where you fight, in the first version of this, Godzilla. Ooh. <laughs> in the, this version of it, though, I took out Godzilla and rec- uh, replaced it with a sprog. A part spider, part frog hybrid. And... Uh, thing is terrifying there should be more sprogs in alliance lore it, it it makes wet purring noises oh god eight bulging eyes uh pincers mm-hmm. um it's it's a big creepy terrifying thing yeah shoots webs because of course it has to and the hissing ribbit of the sprog rattles the pile of oh. rubble Oh, yeah. We oh, love the no. Sprog. It's everyone's favorite. Oh, why is the Sprog? <laughs> and and so it's also the creature opens its mouth and its tongue launches forth. So, like, it just has everything. It hisses. It ribbits. It has eight legs and eight eyes. It leaps. It shoots webs. It has a long tongue that it can shoot out at people. It has pincers. It's everyone's best friend. Yeah. 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 When I think about my favorite <laughs> things in this life, a sprog sounds like it something I'm definitely yeah. thinking about. Yeah. But he he beat the fr- sprog clearly. Yes, Maddie navigates the sprog in all of its beautiful splendor and survives. So asking for a friend, do a sprog have a weak point in case I ever encounter <laughs> one in my life? No. <laughs> darn it you can't beat them you can just avoid them long enough to get out of the house that they're in are they immortal uh i mean they they die of age but that's probably it wow (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, to be a sprog. Oh, to be a sprog. Uh, Maddie, drunk, navigates the entire hotel, survives everything that we throw at him, and uh, despite some wounds along the way that are fictional, uh, is the only one to make it out, out alive, where he is greeted by myself and uh, wins immunity for himself. Congratulations. He did the thing. Well done, Maddie. I kind of think that he might have been my ideal vote here. I think he was very much at risk at this this tribal council. Like, from reading my confessional, all of my messages are like, I hope he doesn't win. He's my least preferred person yeah. to win. Yep. I hope Wax I really want winning. Waxler to win. <laughs> hope course. Maddie doesn't win this. Maddie, yeah. I adore you if you ever read this back, but I bet yeah. he survived. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Holy heck, Maddie. <laughs> well, this is annoying. So, yeah, yeah where, do, where do we go from here? I mean, I guess we start thinking about if court will vote Beans, or we try to vote out Waxler. I think we've reached the point in the game where Steph is definitely making FTC. Like, I don't think she's a target in anyone's mind. Court's probably the person I'm closest with, or the the person I'm talking game with. Yeah. Um, very afraid that Maddie wants to target me. Yes. Um, because why would he trust me? He seems like one of the few people who's like actually caught on to my bullshit. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, as it turns out, I think Choco Beans is the only person in the game who like genuinely actually threw my name as a target ever. But I never really trusted that Maddie wasn't going to be that person. So I think I come into this like all of my confessionals are like, it's it going to be me. Times. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to be voting for me. Yeah. Um, but I guess somehow, um, uh, somehow we agree that initially, anyway, Waxler is going to be the target, and it will be me, Court, Steph, and Maddie voting Waxler. And Wax and Chaco voting court, I think. Mm-hmm. But, and it's like, you know, we've talked about Wax being the vote for a while. He is a risk. For some reason, he's still in my ideal final four because of unknown reasons, you know, right? I want him to <laughs> win the challenge. I have said in previous moments that I you know, want to stick with him. But I think basically just that, like, of the two of them, he's the biggest risk to win. I don't want to vote out Court. I can't vote out Maddie. No one's ever going to want to vote out Steph. And Court still feels a little bit weird about voting out Beans. That is until Waxler comes to us. And I think he says directly to me, I have an idol. I don't remember. I, oh, because he. This is when he uses his glasses, isn't it? Yes, on Maddie Court. Why he chose that too is 
interesting to me. But yeah, I'm, I think he even told me explicitly, but I don't know for sure. But either he tells me or he confronts, he confronts someone and says, I know that you're voting for me. I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> um, but realizing that we have four people to there too. So we could just split the vote. Yeah. Um, I think even to the point where I'm like, Wax, would you just vote Beans? And, oh, I told Beans that I'd be willing to vote for you. Mm-hmm. Um, ha ha, I'm not stressed. I've already been told it's me here at least, says Wax to me. <laughs> hmm. Interesting how casual you seem. Um, but I'm not sure. Ah, here we go. Well, Bird, I have to say I'm pretty disappointed here in this vote. I hope that once this ends up tied, you don't stick with me or Chaco. Court is easily your biggest threat at FTC, especially with the fact that she has literally been friends with every single member of jury, minus Bramble. You'll have a hard time beating her. Oh yeah, forgot to mention, one of us has a set of goggles that showed us Maddie and Court's conversation, so we know what y'all are planning here. And I'm like, Brad, I spied on y'all last vote, so I'm glad we're even. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, he's basically trying to convince me that we shouldn't tie it because he knows that we're planning to do the 2-2 tie. I guess he doesn't say explicitly, I have an idol, but he is basically trying to convince me that I should just vote for court and it'll all be better. And honestly, you know, Wax would have been a major jury threat to me, but court obviously was a much bigger jury threat to me than I ever understood at that moment in time. Like, if anyone saw how big of a threat court was, it was Waxler. And, you know, despite the number of times that he told me that I should be wary of her, that doesn't mean that I was going to listen. Why um, not? Because I was so blinded to the game she was playing. I was like, she doesn't have... Like, it seems it seemed like every time someone got voted out of the game, it wasn't like... Um, they like besides Darcy, it didn't feel to me like what Waxler was saying was true, that she had relationships with everyone except for Bram. It felt like, yeah, she and SMM like had some weird friendship that I didn't completely understand. <laughs> um I I don't think she had any relationship with Spen. I don't think she really had a relationship with Jordan. I felt like my relationship with Darcy was stronger than Court's relationship with Darcy in the moment. And so it was like, yeah, I mean, I guess she has voted correctly and, you know, has been in on votes, but it doesn't feel like she's the one who's deciding who we vote for and she's not winning challenges. And I feel like I have the stronger social connection. And so it felt to me like I was obviously playing a, bigger game than she was and therefore wax was a bigger threat than she was in sure. that in that time i don't know that i disagree with that generally um but 
Yeah. Uh, definitely a small blind spot for you. So you are going to try to get... So you and Court are going to vote for Chaco. Maddie and Steph are going to vote for Waxler, knowing yep. that Chaco and Waxler are voting for... Did Court? Did you know that they were voting for Court? Or was that a question mark? I knew they were voting for Court because Wax was trying to convince me that yes, I should right. either vote Court with them initially or at the very least vote Court with them on a revote. So, yeah, I I find it interesting that you're splitting the vote between Chaco and Waxler, and you have, of the four of you who are voting together, the person who is most closely connected to Chaco is assigned to vote for Chaco in court, and the person who is probably most friendly in a two-way direction with Waxler is assigned to vote for Waxler, which is Steph. Yeah. Uh, but I it, think I knew about Steph Waxler so much. Yeah. In the moment. Like, I didn't have any sense of who Steph was talking to. And I don't think Waxler ever mentioned that he was talking to Steph. Right. The court one, I felt less bad about because she knew she was the alternative, as far as I could tell. So it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, she could flip, but she'd have to change the whole vote. Right. I mean, unless, right. Of course I could be being lied to. Maybe court (laughs) isn't the real alternative and I am, but. Possible. And I'm guessing, I I assume this was the vote where Chaco pushed my name or was it earlier? Was it when Bram was still in the game? I don't recall. Cause I think, and I mean, again, like this is, that dynamic was always very, head buddy because you had bram who always wanted to get court (laughs) and and chaco never did and so it was always tough for them to yeah yeah so yeah i don't remember which cycle it was that got the strongest push for you yeah um but i think it might have been the The prior prior vote vote would be my guess so it just seems like those are the two cycles that would have been most doable yeah to have had someone have the numbers against me right so uh split votes are always a little scary especially with how small the numbers were at this stage in the game uh but miraculously that's exactly how things play out in the first round of voting Two votes for Court, two votes for Chaco, two votes for Waxler. Except Waxler, as presumably predicted, does in fact play a hidden immunity idol. Yeah. And so the two votes to Waxler do not count, which means we are simply tied between Court and Chaco. So four people will be voting again for the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh now the problem here is that if you do vote with Waxler, you're probably just sending this to rocks, so doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't know what his logic was there, unless he thought he was going to somehow flip both me and Maddie. Maddie or Steph? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Steph. Um, yeah, I don't know 
except that he was saving himself. Uh, but I, I also don't remember. I, I, I assume I'm like decently sure that the plan was to have everyone flip to Waxler unless this happened. Yeah. Which makes that, sense. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty sure that I was at risk at this tribal. Like if I ever felt scared, it was here because yeah, a split vote, a split vote with such small numbers, then a split vote with such small numbers where someone plays an idol. <laughs> right. Just asking like, for trouble. Yeah, like, you know, they would have only needed to flip one person anyway, but then if they'd flipped what if they hadn't flipped one person and still played the idol, like who's to say if the split vote was Chaco versus me, like could someone make the argument that I was a big threat and this was like I just don't think it would have taken that much pushing at least to get Maddie to flip. But as you're saying, then it would have been rocks. So Yeah. And it would have been rocks between just you and Yeah, where Waxler doesn't draw a rock. Yeah. So I am curious like why he thought I would flip on a revote. Or if we just didn't calculate the Yeah, actually no, it would have just been rocks between me and Steph because Maddie's immune and Wax is immune. immune. And then In this case, Chaco and Court are immune by virtue of Tied vote. being in the tie. So there was no world where... going Taking a 50-50 to yeah. get out Steph, of all people. Yeah, like, no thanks. <laughs> so um. you and Maddie and Steph join forces and vote out Chaco. Waxler continues a vote for Court. And yeah. it is Chaco voted out in sixth place on Halloween oh. in the early evening. And I feel so bad because she, like, missed Halloween with her kid, didn't she? To, like, be at Tribal Council? Yes. Thereabouts. Yet another thing that just, you know, thinking about how these games affect real life and, you know. Yeah. So, we are out of idols. We are out of things. We have five people left. And Mm -hmm. we are getting down to the nitty gritty mm-hmm. so final mm-hmm. five immunity challenge is the nexus lab survey slash quiz mm-hmm. <laughs> what oh just like of all the things that i like kick myself about it's it's this, this quiz <laughs> Ooh. all right so let's i there were other plans for this challenge and then we ran out of time uh repeating that refrain so ultimately what this became was a questionnaire with each set of questions attributing itself to a different part of the park and then a couple of stuff at the end that had to do with more things in general so a hundred percent a lore challenge Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so you know two questions from coaster corner and intensity and pleasant plaza yada yada uh, two questions we get down to from two questions about the arcade, two questions about the laboratory, mm. and uh, that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, two questions, and then four questions about Nexus Park overall. So twenty total questions, and the, mm. I the scoring for this makes no sense. 
but um, the lowest score wins. And I think, did I even explain how the scoring worked in the? Oh yeah, well, one point. Yeah, one point for each, for each correct, correct answer. Yeah. Two points if it was incorrect, and three points if you left it blank or skipped it. Um, just a terrible. Well, why would you ever leave it blank or skip it? I'm like... just. I mean, just so people don't. We wanted bad, wrong answers before we wanted no answers, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess because if we didn't include that line, I'm sure everyone would have been like, well, I could just leave it blank and get no mm. points. I don't know. It anyway. just seems like that could also be two points. It's incorrect if there's no answer. Well, but yeah, we wanted wrong answers, not <laughs> no answer. Because that's more fun. You just wanted to laugh at me having to invent names for things? I mean, numbers. more so we wanted to see the answers that Court, Matt, and Maddie and Steph provided <laughs> for a lot of that stuff. Oh my god, they're I haven't fantastic. looked at what answers they provided. You absolutely should. Steph's are fantastic. Because <laughs> um, Steph immediately goes off the rails and doesn't try to put in a real answer. At least from my perspective. Maybe she... Igor, stinky boys. <laughs> so, so, let's see. We gave, um, you have 20 questions. The perfect score is like a 20, as you might expect, because that's 20 right answers. The first question messed up everybody. Or not the first, the second question. What type of restraints were pioneered by Nexus Park and and Magnetron? Uh, Everybody answered like force field vests, magnetic restraints, force field vest restraints. And I believe the answer we were looking for was magnetic force field vest restraints so like nobody had both of those components in them so that's wax ends up getting it Uh, ultimately but yeah i think when it's all said and done magnetic force field vest restraints. yeah um the other question the next question you get wrong is from the lab which arcade Mm -hmm. game has the highest high score you said skee-ball correct answer was pick six because Waxler. I had never run any of the... I didn't know what the <laughs> names of the arcade games were. Yes, correct. Uh, Waxler gets that one. And then... Let's see. Uh, both of the laboratory questions you get wrong. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Uh, yep. What is the name of the scientist who talks to you? Dr. Stark. <laughs> now, commendable that you knew to go for a member of like the alumni. Because that makes sense. Unfortunately, just not the Reasonable. right scientist. <laughs> uh, so that one was Brandon. Yeah. And then, what is the name of the person who owns Nexus Park? Adam Adamson. Not <laughs> correct. In fact, nobody gets this right. Um, yeah. So, and then the last one was, um, which ride is in danger of being demolished next? And so you said La Tortuga, which is already out of commission. Yep. Um, but the next one in danger of being demolished is Quaka, which the only person to get that one right is Court. But that's also, I think, in the lab. Yes, it is. So. Yeah. Uh, so those are the five you don't get correct. Waxler yep. also misses Quaka, also misses Lauren, Lauren Wadsworth, Wadsworth uh, also misses the force field vests, um, also misses the Devi Muse question. Uh, what is the name of the character that is the face of the largest action franchise in the world as seen in Laboratory Lavatory? His answer being... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he ran the, the... No, the Dashing Rogue. Dashing Rogue. Yes, he put in Lavatory. 
<laughs> that's that's a great name. That is just a great name for a character. 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 Um, yeah. And then, which ride is particularly thrilling at night? Uh, he said that the was also Starkite Pendulum. But the correct answer that you got was Mesozoic Basin. Because that was also on. Was it Euphoria. possible that that was also on the Euphoria side? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Which yeah. he did have access to, but yeah, um, at this point. So, ultimately, you and Waxler tie. Mm. And uh, if we're going by modern rules, <laughs> uh, you both would have had immunity here. That would have been great. That would have been peachy. Because we didn't set up a tiebreaker yeah. in advance. Um Obviously, we would have done that. So, uh, but we probably would have set up a tiebreaker that would have just been a question that wasn't like a correct or incorrect type of thing. Um, Here, however, we took both of you and we're like, all right, you can resubmit. We'll tell you which questions you got wrong. And you can resubmit answers for those five questions. And if one of you gets more right, um, you'll, you'll do the thing. Uh, and what would have happened if we had still tied? Uh, we just kept making us do this? That's a good question. Uh, I'm sure the answer is somewhere. Um, <laughs> it would have been the production lore challenge. Uh, maybe give them the five. So Meg's idea was to do the five. Tell them they get one shot to provide an answer. Um, just Jeffrey just catching up. Uh, Jeffrey suggests a more likely tiebreaker question, which was like, I said, if there was a question that could be like closest to the pin and he's like, yeah, high score of a different game from the arcade. I, my, one of my ideas was how many rides are there in the park Ooh. Uh, that well, are we active? We could have both gotten that. Oh, that are active. Oh yeah. gosh. Um, I, <laughs> Jeff, Jeffness said, I'd probably guess like low thirties. And I said, I think it's like 52. One, um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> 13 plus another 10 plus another 11. So that's 20, 34. 34. But then how many of the roller coasters aren't real ones? So Yolbren is not active in La Tortuga, also not active. Mm-hmm. So that's another... Six. 40. And then, uh, well, what counts as a ride? Did the things in Shifty Sector count as a ride? No. I wouldn't say they do. Yeah. All right. So then there's another 11. Well, but that's not actually a ride either. See, so uh, this would be hard to do, but I guess doable <laughs> to figure out, like, yeah. tricky. Like the swans. Do the swan pedal boats count as I think a ride? So. I think so. Okay. Um, cause I'm also realizing, like, I think the lake I might have listed along with the rides. So mm. whether or not that's a ride. So I don't know. Yeah. So then there's like another 11. So that would be 51 or something. Is that? Yeah. I... So... Close enough. Yeah. In the fifties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it ultimately becomes, obviously that's the kind of question that like if we had known about it in advance easy to create and make sure we had the right answer for yada 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 but in short time didn't so probably would have just become a question of like highest score in a thing or something um fortunately we don't have to worry about that so you resubmit the five answers to yours and 
even post the uh, SoundCloud link to where Nux talks about the vests themselves. And this was another part that made it difficult because while that's true, I don't think he says, I don't think he uses both terms. In yeah, his he thing. just says force field vest restraints. Yeah. I just listened to it again. <laughs> but I did in one of the text responses for the ride. So that's what we were going for. Which I must it... never have seen that one because I don't, because as I said, like, I only have one response for Magnetron. Because it's magnetic vest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Magnetic force field vests are a new invention or new innovation at Nexus Park. These restraints. So there's two different responses that give you magnetic force field vests, um, which are. And it's the, all based on the fact that I didn't use the restraints command. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, still a whiff on that. You say air hockey which was one of the other games in the in the arcade because those are the only two games i know <laughs> which granted um, i think all the other games are the same ones that we played no are they ones that we what are they ones that we had played i can't remember what the other games are in the guess. one challenge yeah. yeah but they're different from that right no those are from the shifty sector yeah so uh air hockey notoriously not a game that has a very high score yeah, I think it has a lower high score than uh, Ski Ball, which was my first guess. So Yes. Uh, Dr. Cumberbatch is not the scientist in the lab. Julius the Goat, not the name of the person who owns <laughs> Nexus Park, surprisingly. I mean, missed opportunity. But... Uh, and Yulbran is not the ride most in danger of being dismantled. So zero out of five for your corrections. Waxler does get magnetic force field vest, and then to thankfully remove all like suspicion of concern, uh, is also able to get Quaka um, and get yeah. two out of five. So. Which I mean is a shame because clearly I had notes on both sides of the. Yes. But I never went to the lab. Well, until after this challenge. But. Were you aware that it existed? Yeah, so Court told me it existed, but she didn't know how to get Others, someone else yeah. in there because she only had the pass. And was there any other way to know how to get into... Like, like the code is the sums of the high scores, right? Yes. But the only way you know to do that is if you Our SMM. won the prize that told you that. And SMM won both of those. Yeah. And Amazingly. told in the like three days that he was <laughs> right. Like, imagine if he hadn't told anyone, or like he was voted out so quickly, we might have never had a merge idol, <laughs> and Court may have been the only person in the game to ever get into the lab. I, I don't know. I think there's a world where she finds it if Waxler hadn't. Um, but yeah. then you get into the situation of, like, she didn't have any way to get somebody else down there with her. So it would have made it a little more difficult. So tough to say. Yeah. Like, I think she had told me she would, like, send me some excerpts from it. But we just, like, had never had the time. And for some reason, I think she wanted us both to be online while she was walking me through it or something. Yeah. But I just sort of was like, well, if I can't get in, like, 
I can try to help you with whatever is going on, but like, I didn't feel much of a sense of urgency. Right. And I thought that she was like, I don't think she'd ever run into anyone else in there. So as far as I knew, she was also the only person who got in. But once Wax had the idol, I may have known at least that he got it, got into the lab. I, I guess, presumably so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it sort of didn't feel like it was whatever. I knew that my notes were really comprehensive on most other things, except that I never ran the restraints command, apparently. Um, so it felt like I'd be fine for at least something like a lore challenge. Um, but, yeah. Never made it to the lab until it was not relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunate. And then it was like, you were like, well, you can change your answers. And I was like, well, I know that I've never seen four out of the five responses here. I've seen something about the restraints, but clearly what I have, what I know about the restraints isn't enough. So for the other four, I'm just going to guess again. (laughs) Yeah see what happens which i assume is basically what waxler did except that he probably had the notes on the restraints command so he could actually go change that one he must have had the notes on quokka too yeah you can't and i the odds of him just just guessing that that yeah like we said they'd be about four (laughs) percent yeah (laughs) um but uh, yeah so for the third time in four challenges and fourth time fourth time being immune in a row, probably, most basically. Uh, Waxler has won immunity. Ah! And has bested you in a one-on-one situation once more. Shocking how that works. Yeah. Kind of like we're setting this up. Yep. Kind of like this is the whole plot of the entire season. <laughs> if you were editing this, you would edit it as some sort of... We would have... There would have been so much hoopla surrounding the... Uh, Space Cadets Challenge as a forecast yeah. of what's to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, presumably, Waxler... Well, I don't even know. Because, like, you had said you wanted Waxler in your Final Four. So, did this immunity matter? Um, I think it mattered more from a personal standpoint that I felt like I knew that Maddie and Steph and Court had never gone into the sub-channels. And so it mattered more that it felt like, oh, this is a challenge that, like, like I, whatever. Like, I found things in the channels. We've talked about all of the things that I found. But, like, I never had, like, a cool idol play. Like, my half idol got used to save Maddie, kind of, but not really. And my glasses and my vote advantage didn't really give me that much information and I never used my own neural link. And so it sort of felt like if I could at least win the lore challenge, it would feel like there was something that came out of spending any time in the subchannels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there was just some fear that like, if Waxler was immune, he could go to my allies and get them to flip on me. Like, I still don't trust Maddie at this point. So sure. if maddie and wax are working together and i do think like at this point i had it like i was saying i didn't know that steph and wax were that close but i do think as we got more towards the end 
I have like some sense that at least they talk to each other. And so it was a little bit scary that like, it felt like it was much easier for Wax to just like flip it on me if, if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that convinced you or reassured you that that wasn't going to happen? Well, so Wax and I were chatting and I think we decided that, like, I'd, Court and I sort of felt like Maddie would make a decent vote. Steph, I think, told, I don't think I heard this directly from her. I think I heard it through the grapevine that she had offered to basically just have us all vote her out. She was like, I'm like not doing much, and I know all of you want to be here more than I do, and you've all like done a lot, so if you want to just vote me out. And we were like, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, and so, but I think that she was probably the most hesitant to vote Maddie, but also I think was unlikely to do much else and i think that we agreed that court would be the other option because court was always the other option yeah um because you know when isn't court the other option but maddie i think like the moment that i felt like most weird was right before the vote maddie was like are we sure we're all on this and convinced wax and i to come into the sub channels with him to discuss the court vote and i think that was probably the moment that both one felt crummy like i was really trying to avoid it because i was like do i really need to like go all backstabby on maddie too like I'm just gonna keep doing this over and over again i guess um but it also solidified for me that a i would not be the vote if something were to happen like it's a big fuss to make to make people come into the sub channels with you to discuss a decoy vote like i guess you could argue that wax and i did the same thing we went into the sub channels with someone to discuss a decoy vote but it felt like it was maddie's idea to have the conversation so in that sense it was like he's probably not voting for me and then i was pretty trusting that staff and court were with me so whether or not Wax was with me, it shouldn't have mattered. But I think I convinced Wax that he was better off going the unanimous route than uh, voting for court, because at least then it would have been unanimous. <laughs> like, there's there was no reason to intentionally vote in the minority. Right. Well, uh, I guess in terms of, like, the... Uh not wanting to do a have to put in all the time and energy to convince maddie of a decoy vote yada 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 in the sub channels i that in because obviously you and maddie and jordan and darcy had previously gone into sub channels earlier in the season um i don't remember who's i think that was jordan's idea if i remember mm -hmm. so yeah i guess what because part of your allegiance with Maddie is still nested in, you know, something Jordan asked you to do. Mm -hmm. So was there any, any consideration about still working with Maddie? 
Or was well, it tough to entertain? I'm realizing, I think the biggest reason why Maddie wasn't in my ideal Final Four is that I figured that he was the one person that Jordan would vote over me without a thought. That, like, yes, she'd asked me to look out for him, and part of me felt like, well, I took him all the way from F9 to F5. I haven't trusted him <laughs> since in, in that time window. And even, like, yes, he was the first person I told that I found the neural link. And in some ways, that bonded us together from the beginning. But he was always someone that I was wary of, despite basically him being the only ally that I had from day one through to this F5. Um, but I think I had already been prepared to vote him out at F6. So by the time we hit F5 and he was safe, it wasn't like at this point there was that much thought of like why I would keep him over a court or a stuff. Sure. Because in a final four scenario, I was more confident that court and Steph would stick with me than I was that Maddie would. Makes sense. I get that for sure. So uh, you lead Maddie to believing that, again, like you said, the, <laughs> the secondary vote is court. So that is where Maddie's vote goes. And everyone else votes for mm. Maddie. Your parchment has an arm shrimp on it. <laughs> Love arm shrimp. Good old arm shrimp. Good old me putting something on someone's parchment, even though I said I wouldn't. I mean, in the grand scheme of things I put on people's parchments, that yeah. was totally not a bad fine. one. Yeah. But also, what does it do except sign my parchment and say, <laughs> It's me. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Ha-ha, you thought that we were close and I wasn't going to vote you out. But in fact, <laughs> I will and I will do it. With an arm shrimp. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh -huh. um, so, with that done, you have achieved your goal of a final four that uh, you set out to have. Yay! One of the final fours that I set out to have. At, at least, yeah, one of them. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I guess from your perspective, was the goal to win immunity and vote out Waxler, or was it any more complicated than that? I think Court told me that she'd promised him fire, but wasn't like really sure what was going on there. Part of me wanted to say that one of us should get fire if absolutely necessary like i was pretty confident that either one of us would beat court or steph in fire i'm pretty sure that he would have beat me in fire but also knowing that what it's one third lore one third players like, one third challenges so generally i don't know what his challenge notes look like i know that after the first challenge where he beat me quite badly for not having challenge notes I had much more rigorous challenge notes from every other challenge, so I feel like that could have been up in the air. Clearly, I mean, he then had subsequently taken me to the lab mm -hmm. after the lore challenge, so I had notes on the lab. So I feel like he probably would have beaten me in fire, but it would have been 
pretty darn close. Um, but I was sort of feeling like no matter what happened, there were iterations that would have been fine. Um, I can give you a couple of the questions if you want to test yourself. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, what is the middle color of the super slide? Um, uh, blue. Correct. Uh, what is the name of the bus company that brought you to Nexus Park? I know I don't have notes on marooning, <laughs> so couldn't tell you that one. Yep. Uh, it was only in the picture, too, I believe. Oof. Um, at Tribal Council 9, who yeah. said, I cried when my horse ran away? Tribal Council 9, I cried when my horse ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have the record of it, but I probably would have guessed staff, maybe. That was Maddie. Ah. Uh, let's see, a challenge question. Um, uh, that one's too easy. Uh, <laughs> which player sat out of the Space Cadet Challenge? Um, that's uh lord shamrock mm -hmm. and uh let's go with at tribal council 10 who said i have the social game of a tadpole that's a jordan quote that's definitely a jordan quote but i think that's also in the quote bot so <laughs> that's it's something fair. that has been brought to my <laughs> yes um, my consciousness more so than in the moment like i'm not sure in the moment i would have been like oh yes clearly that's a jordan quote but right now 100 percent. yeah that's fair so you know you you yeah. knew what you were doing to, mo for, yeah. to most degree i'm never clear on the best way to do those tribal council quotes because my inclination would be like i now know how to do the discord archive archiving bot but i'm told that that's frowned upon in most circles as a way of absolutely keeping notes but on the other hand why is that inherently worse than copying and pasting it into a word document i think it's the effort <laughs> that's fair <laughs> it's like uh i don't know like if you were it's the difference between like i'm gonna brute force this number by posting every number that has ever existed as opposed to i'm gonna do this one at a time <laughs> and do the actual numbers themselves yeah. like it'd be like uh i guess if the bot were looking for you to use a command that was like exclamation point 327 or if it was looking for a message that contained the numbers 327 in that sequence like, like in one sense, in one aspect, you can just paste all the numbers in every sequence that you need to. And the other one, yeah. you actually have to put in the time and effort and energy to do the thing. Yeah, to try every single one. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't know how to do that at the time. And I did have some sense that, like, maybe trying to save Tribal Council stuff would be useful. But it is such a task of effort that it... I was willing to go on vibes and or it never went to try but we didn't go to fire anyway so yeah it's been a long time yeah since uh since high seas we have not had fire making 
I just keep hoping that it'll happen someday to someone who's not me. <laughs> um, so we get to the Samotion Final Immunity Challenge. What the whole season has been building toward uh, in more ways than one. And so I guess my first question is, how did you go back and look at past emotions, test them, try your luck with those sorts of methodologies? 100% went through and looked at all of them. Was really hopeful you were not going to do the summit one <laughs> again. I just like kind of was like it seemed like it was such a mess for the players and trying to grade it seemed far too hectic. So kind of guessed it wouldn't be that intense but then did sort of i don't know if i actually tried to practice the tests or the tasks but i definitely looked at all of them to just get a sense of like what could it be how might i go about doing it um what types of things might i need to have easy access to mm-hmm um yeah so naturally uh we used a format that we'd used in the past and that research was worthwhile yeah it was like super helpful (laughs) no uh i had the idea of this i don't remember when but um i really liked one some of the classes i had in like elementary school had posters that were like just these big you know things with all these color words on them that were in different colors and the idea was to say them say the color of them not the word of them and uh i thought that was really fun uh i was really bad at it when i was younger i'm probably not that great at it now but it um it turned into this immunity challenge where each we'd send you two versions of the number of the color number of words of the same number of word and then we'd add a word and so on yeah so start at one go as high as we need to um i'm actually i don't i might know how high we had images yeah. prepared i think we were prepared to go up to 60 um because okay. i reasoned that's one word per second oh god yeah i can't type that fast <laughs> i think without making typos yeah you're either gonna make a typo before then or you're not gonna have the time to do it by then so yeah. i felt i felt safe and like I had to screenshot all of these myself, so oh god, um, oh god, it, it took a while. Uh, that being said, um, once you realized what the challenge was actually going to ask you to do, how did you feel? Well, so I first became familiar with a task like this playing the DS game called Brain Games. Mm. Um, that had lots of different sort of mental puzzles, and you were supposed to do them each day and it was supposed to like build your mental fortitude or something and so i had been playing with that game back when i was like probably eight or nine and so i saw this and i was like okay that's cool and we also use tasks like this in my job so i'd been studying various tasks of um executive functioning and so the stroop test is one of those and so my first thought was like, oh, that's really fun. And my second thought was, I'm really afraid of misspelling things because spelling is not my strong suit. And typing fast, you know, 
knowing from the Alliance community that when, say, Ali does trivia games and, you know, it's who can type it the fastest, I am rarely winning those because I'm not, I, I can't touch type. So I'm like not the absolute fastest typist. And so I think my biggest fear was like, I'm going to misspell these words. <laughs> <laughs> That's the danger. Yeah. Yeah. That like, it's going to be less about the actual task of identifying the colors going to be much more about the, like, can I send the message correctly without typos? Mm -hmm. so, so my solution was to go to my confessional and start typing lots and lots and lots of colors. Yes. As one does. <laughs> um, um, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, truly iconic. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What was your... How did you feel you were going to fare against your competitors? They had no idea. Because I feel like, in many ways, it was very much unlike things we had done in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, in a typical Simotion-style challenge, like you've run in pretty much every other season, I think Wax would have been the obvious competition. But... It's just fast typing. I think Steph had told me she was a fast typist. I'm pretty sure she ends up doing this on her iPad. Yeah. So that was probably not a best. large contributor to things. But I was like, I think Steph has told me she can type too quickly. Like, she could easily be competition. Like, mm -hmm. who's to say that Court won't make a type? Like, it seems like it's anyone's game, which I think yes. is kind of fun. Yeah. Like, I definitely, yeah, was practicing typing long strings of colors, particularly, like, getting comfortable with, like, what does it feel like to type the word purple? Like, what do those keystrokes <laughs> actually feel like? Um, like, what does it feel like to type orange? And then also learning, I think I decided to end up doing it in, um, in my browser, because in the browser, it would underline incorrectly spelled words in red. Okay. But on the desktop app, it doesn't. So my hope was that... You'd see it. it. Yeah, like at least if I made a typo. Like I was willing to take the one second it took after I finished typing it each time. To just do a quick scan and make sure that it didn't say I'd misspelled any words. Yes. But stressed. I mean, like basically... Just being prepared to... Uh, yeah, because I think what happened is I had it open on my... In the the browser was where I was typing, and the app was where I had the other channel set up. So anytime you would post the new photo, I wouldn't have to switch between channels. I could just have one on one screen and one on the other screen and just look at them side by side. Yes. So... Uh, the other part of this was that wait, you wouldn't know, I don't think. We didn't tell you when somebody was eliminated. Nope. So you just had to kind of hope yep. <laughs> that it was happening anytime soon, sometime soon, maybe. <laughs> and Someday. so as we're going through this, uh, we get to 18 words per image. Mm -hmm. And we have our first casualty in court who misspells black and has two C's in it. 
uh, court out at the 18th mark. Uh, we get to 22, and Steph not fast enough for 22. Mm. So Steph is out, and that just leaves you and Waxler. Wow. <laughs> Who wow, would have thought? That works. And so 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. Uh, I timed your 28 responses Mm -hmm. and you still had like 20 seconds of wiggle room left from what i could see yeah uh did could you feel that i don't know how how much pressure did you feel as far as like i think i can only do like 40 or you know could you like kind of sense a limit coming was that ever in your mind i feel like so i can't remember how often you increased the number was it like every two pictures yes so it's every two minutes so I don't know. I sort of think I felt like I had maybe, I was going to say like 10 or 15 minutes. So that's another five to seven more words. But I guess based on your time, like it seems like maybe there was a bit more than that. Like I definitely, when it did end, wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going at breakneck speed. I was like, <laughs> oh, I still feel like there's a cushion. Like I could have kept going at this for. Yes. Okay. you know some amount more so 28 first thing of 28 uh is where waxler makes his mistake and puts orange instead of yellow for one Oof. of them which was rough Oof. those were the two most similar colors that we used and yeah. i think um if you look at some of the earlier images the orange is actually worse <laughs> but if after yeah a certain point um the the orange actually gets a little bit darker and easier to distinguish um and unfortunately just mm. whiffed on it in the first 28 yeah. we did another image after that <laughs> yeah just for you um and then we're like all right challenge is done did you yeah. i don't know was your first instinct like oh i must have won or did your was your first instinct oh shoot did i make a t- typo or something I think it was that I thought I had won. <laughs> okay. I, I figured as much, just asking. Yeah. Just because, you know, I had been checking that the spelling was right. So I guess I could have had a similar error to Waxler where I'd interchanged colors. But I was pretty confident that I wasn't going to have a timing error like Steph, nor did I think I was going to have a spelling error like Court. So if anything was going to happen, it was going to be that I switched the too like i picked the wrong color but i think it's easy enough when there's this giant block of them to zone out and not really read the colors true like the the the, like the words so that makes sense i wasn't so worried about that part either so i think i felt pretty good about it uh so you are revealed as the winner as expected how do we feel about this first reactions yeah, it looks like my first reaction is finally beat Wax in a head-to-head competition. So that, I guess, just like I proved to myself that it may have taken four head-to-head <laughs> yeah. competitions to finally pull it out. But I did that, won another individual immunity, which always feels nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I guess Wax the boat then. Yep. Was there any thoughts to sending him to fire yeah but i think the issue being that i already thought he was a challenge beast i figured 
if I let him beat someone in fire, that would just further solidify that he was good at challenges and knew the game well. So I think the only person I would really have felt okay with him going against in fire was myself. And, well, you know, it's nice to know that I was there already. And I thought that Wax was a greater threat to my chances of winning than Court was, which I think is a fair assessment. I never read Ponderosa, but decently confident that Wax was going to have a much cleaner sweep of the jury than any of the rest of us would have. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, I don't think it would have, I think it would have been competitive. Um, yeah. But I think there's definitely a chance that he would have won outright. Yeah. Um, had he been there instead, but, uh, tough to know for sure. Who knows how that change, how much that changes, how a final tribal actually happens with him there yeah. instead of somebody else. And what additional information or lack of information the jury has right so i don't know and it's hard to say whether like who does darcy vote for in that f3 does she vote for staff does she vote for blacks <laughs> i don't know maybe yeah could be is court bitter who knows probably not yeah so oh. yeah. yeah easy easy vote on waxler no i mean just super nope. straightforward no reason yep. to do anything unnecessary here yeah um, just like tell waxler he's the vote write his name down and submit yeah. a parchment yeah and like make it nice if you want like pick a nice font or something yep um and then yeah what's done is done absolutely yep. we can just advance without any any more conversation about it yep yep uh-huh so tell me about this parchment. So now, yeah, yeah. Go, go for it. No, I guess what <laughs> I was going to say is going into the season, I genuinely believed that Waxler wasn't playing, playing as most did. And, yeah. Yeah. And so there had been a lot of banter in the lounge about ha ha. Like what if, Waxler plays like is he gonna win like is he gonna come in second place and I like had this image of like a specific conversation where this had happened and at first I was like isn't that funny that we'd had this conversation didn't think Wax was playing now here he is playing and wow what sort of how ironic that that comes to pass yeah and then I went back and found the conversation and, like, found a specific message mm -hmm. that said, like, Wax is going to play and he's going to go out fourth. Yep. I believe Cheese said that. Yeah. And I was like, that just feels so, like, weirdly prescient that, like, months ago when we didn't even think he was going to play, <laughs> that Cheese, like, had this image in his head of that. Um, cause my first idea was that RDT had made this boot list where he put Waxler second. And so my original plan was to take that image and cross out the second and make it fourth, 
which like I think is equally if not I'd say it's equally as crummy as what I do end up doing but I think to me it felt like oh isn't it weird that this thing that was predicted is actually happening not that like oh I've been sitting here for two months like stewing over the fact that like she said this about wax and haha wouldn't it be so funny if like I actually make that happen like this is my evil mastermind plan since the beginning like it wasn't that it was more that just I found it and thought it was wild that it had happened and so why not mention it and you but s- if any of them I knew was bad as I was doing it that was definitely the one in the moment that felt more bad than any of the other ones well because you say to court that day um i have a parchment idea for wax but i think it's in bad taste and i can't decide what to do uh i wanted to give him a sort of special parchment but it's kind of means i don't think i'll do it uh okay i have a slightly less mean thing i'm doing thumbs up yeah yeah i don't know i'm not sure which is more mean or if it's not worth even trying to (laughs) well so my i guess the other thing i i would like i want to say is you know when you when you say that you weren't stewing and like trying to manipulate the season in a way that would like create this outcome like obviously that of course i don't think anyone genuinely feels that way now maybe they had that thought for a second but i I think if you think about it for more than like half a second, it's like, well, obviously bird wasn't doing that, but (laughs) that said it does to me feel somewhat similar to the mindset and association association that you have that you've gained anyway, with doing things for, accolades for records it it feels like it fits that similar thing where it's like Mm -hmm. oh i'm gonna keep it's like oh am i really close to moss's confessional length let me talk a little bit more so that i can get past it oh uh you know maybe you weren't thinking about it at final 17 but like oh it's final five like oh man wouldn't it be neat if we took waxler out at four like because again i don't think you came into the season thinking oh, I'm going to make sure I have the longest confessional. But I think once you got to a point in the game where your confessional was clearly very long, you said, oh, I bet I could make it the longest confessional. Or I'm going to see how it stacks up to other confessionals that I know are long and whatever from that point on, if that is accurate. I guess it's just hard. Like, how do you know those things and not let them sit in the back of your head? Well, I would even say that, like, I don't feel like you do know those things more than you actually are looking for those things, if that makes sense. Yeah. At least least specifically with, like, record-based things. Yeah. Like, because I think, and I'm not to, um, not to say that it undermines the conversations you were having with Darcy or Jordan, but if you because like obviously i'm very statistically minded i keep all of these records so i'm obviously i care about them to a certain degree but i think when i'm doing it with stuff that i'm 
directly involved with which like dm counts like that i don't have anything to do with that but yeah if you know if somebody else is talking about like i remember a conversation um that involved crystal talking about how many messages she and waxler had sent to each other and their you know private dm mm -hmm. off server dm like, oh, yeah, we've been talking since this day. It's like 700 messages per day. And like, we've lived together for this many, you know, this a year yeah. now. And it's still that many messages a day on Discord. And it's like, that's so crazy. And so I'm like, oh, let me check my stats with Meg and see how that compares. And like, I'm looking at it like, okay, well, this is when we moved in together. So like, the numbers are obviously much higher before that than they are after that. How does that compare? Yada, yada, yada. And but I, I don't ever recall thinking while I was talking to Meg, like, oh, man, wouldn't it be neat if we were averaging a thousand messages a day? It was just, yeah, we talk a lot and I yeah. don't want to stop. And I think, I don't know, it, it feels like, at least for you, that it's there's a, some at some point you hit some sort of threshold where you ha you take a step back and assess what you've been doing and say like oh yeah i've been doing a lot of x or i'm bet i wonder how many other people have done y as many times as i have and then most of those things like you said are stuff that we know what the actual record is for you can go to previous servers and check it and then you're like all right i'm you know this far away from it uh let's do it <laughs> kind of thing yeah I don't know. I guess it's just like, I think to some extent, that's just a lot of sort of how I am in general. But I think in particular, like, in the game, it's like I'm in a winning mindset. And it's like, yeah, you can try to win the game. But why not try to beat the side quests while you're at it? <laughs> but they aren't side quests. I know they're not. <laughs> but somehow it feels like if there is a way to do it it's hard to not just push the extra <laughs> i guess and this is kind of kind of related but i don't think it as much applies to you as it does to some other people um particularly people who've played uh since you did mm -hmm. that i feel this way i feel the side questy mindset way about challenges mm -hmm. i i don't like when people don't try to win them period mm -hmm. uh not that like i dislike it i just think it it distorts everything mm -hmm. so to to use an example of of dusk and surawali who <laughs> came into the season with a reputation from what i knew about him and spent yeah. most of the challenges that season by his own words anyway not trying to win the oh, challenges yeah which is very frustrating and not not even that like i want not that i wanted him to win every challenge or needed him to win every challenge or even needed him to do well at every challenge right yeah but i think like when i you know it cuz when i'm looking at the season as a whole and i'm you know i'm like oh yeah he was in the bottom half of challenge performers from where I was sitting. And yeah. so the reputation that he had, true or not, which I assume is true, like yeah. 
okay, great. Like, but now you, 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 that, that's not a thing. You don't have that. Yeah. Like, like I, you had this opportunity to show me that that was something you could do. You didn't take that opportunity. So now I don't know that I think you can. And yeah. that's no offense to him. Like, I'm sure he's great at challenges. The ones that even the one, even one of the ones he wasn't <laughs> trying to win, he ended up winning. So that like, was hilarious. Obviously, he's good at this kind of stuff. But, you know, like, I, it just, it's slightly frustrating because then you end up with having, then you end up with people who do very well in challenges that maybe wouldn't have been the best at challenges from their seasons. Or you look back on it as somebody who did try your best every time and, didn't beat somebody who may have been trying worse putting in less energy and like that would feel i would hate that personally um yeah and so, so like i think that's where i see the sort of side quest thing like if the main ob objective is to win the game the side quests are the challenges and the advantages <laughs> right <laughs> they're not dm counts and confessional message counts to me so then what are social players who can't do well at challenges and can't find advantages? What is their form of winning other than winning the game? <laughs> I mean, you get no votes or you always vote correctly or you always know where all the votes are going. I think that's much more that and strict strategy kind of fold into like the tribal council voting situation. Yeah. For me. I, I mean, again, it's not that having long confessional or dms and confessionals isn't something but i think it's the minutia and the weeds that you are endlessly hacking through yeah <laughs> that gets gets me <laughs> that like no one cares like yeah congratulations you talked a lot like <laughs> like what does that achieve but i mean i do care obviously i care because i keep <laughs> yeah. the stats right but I guess uh, I care that it happened, but I definitely <laughs> don't care that someone's trying to do it. If that yeah. makes sense, it's it's tr it's wonky. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the DM ones I think would have happened whether I was trying for them to happen or not, just by sheer fact of. I agree. That we were talking all the time. I agree. I can't say whether the confessional stuff would have happened or not, but part of me feels like. I kind of like knowing that people haven't gone through and read all of it probably because it is so long that that makes it daunting. And I mean, you and I over the course of this interview have read a lot of the stuff that I didn't send out to viewers, but yeah, I'm kind of glad to know that probably not everyone has gone and read that. And obviously after hearing me say this on a podcast, there's going to be a few jokesters who are like, oh, Bird said that they're glad that I didn't read it, so now I'm going to go read it because they said that. But like, I think at least in that part, it was like, I just needed somewhere to thought dump. And the fact that it's long, hopefully means that people actually aren't going to read it. And therefore they don't need to go read all the things. Like I think in Academy, you ended up having a channel that never went public. Is that right? And have you done that in subsequent seasons? Uh, the op The option is there. The, yeah. for a thread a private thread if somebody wants one because i think yes i like that it's long but i also think a lot of the more 
venting-y things that also never went like the things that didn't have the c in front of them mm-hmm. i'm not sure that those are things that like need to be like i said them because i needed to say them because they were sitting in my head and not like letting them sit there was worse than putting them down and it's nice that like five people could read it and like know that i was feeling however i was feeling but i don't feel the need necessarily to have had those thoughts in the actual channel itself now i think can like if you count the number of messages in a channel it still counts the number of messages in a thread yes it does (laughs) so those numbers are included in confessionals that have threads attached to them yeah but i also feel like some of it was just about like (laughs) the nice thing about having a confessional is that it effectively works as a diary so uh i guess two questions first question if you had had the option for Mm. a private thread would you have used one i'm not sure in the moment that i would have thought that it's something that i needed but in retrospect like i don't know some of these like super down on myself messages that we've been reading out like i don't know if i really needed those to be somewhere that everyone else can read them Mm. so in some ways it would have been nice to have just had a place to put those instead of here and follow-up question if you did have one and and or if you knew or the reality was that messages in that thread did not count to or toward your total confessional message count would you have wanted or used one well, I think it it goes back to the point that you had before that it's not that like I ever set out at the beginning to have the record. So I think if I had realized whenever I did that I was nearing a long confessional length, that's when it became exciting. Mm-hmm. But like if half of the stuff had been going somewhere where it didn't count and yeah, then I was like then there would be no sense of oh, I have a really long confessional anymore because and so then there would be no aim to go towards a goal because you're already not close to it. <clears throat> so <laughs> I think it's more a question of like, would I have thought that that would be useful from the outset? Sure. Uh, I I am. <laughs> I've been requested to tell you that uh, this behavior of yours. Uh, irritated one of our production members quite a bit and is the origin of you being their hated one. Oh, that's my origin story? That's lovely. My origin story is when Meg voted me out. Yeah. I mean, kind of the same thing. Yeah, really the same. <laughs> it it was a lot. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, oh uh, yes. So we were talking about your parchment, um, yeah. and you. I believe uh, uh, you had said that you had told Court that you had had a worse one, and you said that the worst one was the um, was RDT's boot list. Yeah, was your initial idea? Because I know there was questions about what that actually was yeah no it was the rdt one okay which i don't think i ever sent the actual version of the parchment no but i I have it 
along with the bram parchment um well i mean none of those messages exist anymore so yeah at least so uh no one it's out of sight out of mind right yeah it's weird to think like i was trying to figure out what these hyperlinks in my confessional go to because i wasn't sure which was which (laughs) but who knows the messages are we're lost to the ether yeah (sighs) and then i think part of what people hated was that they also had to go type in the url to go (laughs) figure out what the message was which to be fair like you did send a link directly yeah and like i would have sent a link directly if i wasn't editing a jpeg like it like the intention was not oh someone's gonna have to sit here and type this whole string I obviously didn't think about the fact that there was no way for wax to see what it led to without typing it all in but the intention was not really like oh someone's gonna sit here and type in all these numbers it was more like if I could give you a hyperlink I would but I don't know how to do that on a jpeg (laughs) no you can't really (laughs) so if I had given a pdf parchment would you have uploaded the pdf uh it just needs to be an image that we can post. You need like a GIF that has like a link in it. Or, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I know don't that know. that would. I was making all my parchments in um, the just Mac photo editor at the time. So I had very, very limited functionality as to what I would have thought to do anyway. You could have, <laughs> if it hadn't been something that we would have interpreted interpreted and i think most people interpreted as mean-spirited we could have had it be like a thing where if you reacted to it it dm'd you <laughs> like a screenshot of the message or something like that um or like yeah but i don't know what you would hyperlink to like if it was a gif maybe then yeah. that would be one thing like if it was a gif of like a you could have and a bear it would you could have done a gif of the parchment and then after like 10 seconds it transitions into a screenshot of the message what i don't really understand is that i put in the version that is rdt's boot list it's Mm -hmm. actually an image like it is a screenshot so i'm not really sure why it's not a screenshot for the other one but because i can't pull up the link anymore i'm not actually sure like if if it was the way it was written if it's yeah like why one would have been a screenshot but not the other one um i also just noticed that the file name of the one i didn't use so i would always it was parchment and then the date Hmm. and the one that i didn't use is underscore mean (laughs) ah yes Mm. Yes, that's the mean one Mm -hmm. that's the mean Mm -hmm. one well um as far as you knew uh everything was hunky dory and we are now getting getting to go to you made it final three you are a finalist vip for life chance to win the season everything else that that comes with um voted out your biggest nemesis all season finally uh yep And the only thing standing between you and Final Tribal Council is Rites of Passage. Uh, 
what how do you feel about rites of passage in general i like it i'm sad that it's not on the show anymore yeah i think it has the possibility to be gamed but i genuinely just wanted to say nice things about people and i i feel like every time i ask somebody about that they give me an answer very similar to yours where it's like yeah i think people would take like kind of use this as something conniving or whatever but like me i'm just gonna i was just genuine and honest about it and like as long as everyone's treating it that way i'm totally fine with it yeah (laughs) um so i just felt like for example like taylor who like as i've said i didn't really have closure with like yeah i don't know it was nice to be able to like think about the things that i liked about people Mm -hmm. so uh so because there was no swap there's a handful of people here at the start of this that Mm -hmm. you never really got any experience with other than Mm -hmm. like ferris wheel type stuff um but yeah i guess just up through like the pre-merge portion of the cast did you were you ever surprised or um by you know the relationship that these people had with staff or court and anything like that yeah, I mean, I sort of knew about the the court Swathi situation, so I actually, in some ways, like, looking at this now, I'm sort of surprised that she didn't say more there. Um, I guess, yeah, like, seeing that people had relationships with pre-merge people, like, doesn't seem super surprising. I mean, I kind of knew I was at an F3 with people who were... I don't know. I, I want to say very social, but I think that, like, the way that Steph is social is, like, completely different from the way that anyone else I've ever interacted with is. But I think that she's, like, someone who just, like, treats everyone very kindly and has genuine nice things to say about people. So I think it was nice seeing that, like, she had nice relationships with people, but, like, that wasn't particularly surprising. And then Court, I think, is, you know... a very social person and so sort of through pre-merge anyway it was like yeah this seems like pretty much on track with what i would have expected people to say yeah as we get down through the smm and spenjamin and into the jordan and darcy and bram section of the cast how how emotional did it get I mean, the Jordan and Darcy ones in particular were just, like, really, really hard to write because... And Bram, I guess, all three of those. Because none of the three of them had left in such a way where it felt like there was, uh, like, a positive closure moment. Like, with Taylor, it was just, like, a weird, like, we were head-to-head when he left and then he left. And there was... It wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna be facing him soon. But with these other three, it was, like... I know that I did things that hurt you and we haven't had a chance to talk about those things. And I've been spending the last whatever week just like ruminating on the fact that I voted you out and I miss talking to you and like just wanting a chance to sort of think about these friendships and the fact that, you know, in my own mind at this point that they were still super genuine not knowing that other people were questioning the genuineness of it on the flip side. Um, I think that's one of the things about rights that is a little strange is that 
the finalists, you know, go through, talk about everybody from the season, yada, yada, yada. And they do get a sort of, I don't know, like pseudo closure about some of the stuff that mm-hmm. happened. And it's one-sided. So yeah. <laughs> you kind of show up to final tribal council in a inherently, like, more genial position than the other people in the jury who didn't have that moment and probably had the opposite because the people they're all talking to feel similarly depending on what transpired and it just kind of builds upon itself um which is really really strange (laughs) and maybe not maybe you need to start doing rites of passage for the jurors (laughs) but all they do is just talk shit about the finalists (laughs) before they get to FTC and then oh man (laughs) Uh, I don't know how that would go terribly Um, I'm sure (laughs) so uh, the the um, where did it go there it is Uh, this is the is this the last season we have rights that doesn't involve the finalists we might have done it in Invicta too um I don't remember, but no, we didn't do it in Victa either. Maybe because okay. we ended up doing it, I think, in our camp channel. Okay, yeah, we should have done it after that. Then. I guess not. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, maybe the... not. I thought we did, but I'm not seeing it actually. So uh, I did make them all ride this teacups with me, though. <laughs> so I guess the next thing to ask about is. As we look toward FTC, um, a place that is just wholly different than the rest of the game uh, mm-hmm. in every sense, uh, one of the things that kind of comes from this is you have a lot of support and, um, let's say, conditioning <laughs> coming <laughs> from court during these few mm-hmm. days. What did that mean to you? How did you feel about that? relationship and and what it and how did it affect you know what you did said and approached final tribal i mean she'd been telling me for probably at least a week at this point that like it was my first game and she was so impressed with what i was doing and she really wanted me to win and i totally ate it up like this person who knows what they're talking about is like telling me that i'm great and that they think I deserve to win and they would love to see me win. And like, this is court's recipe for how you win. And I don't know. I mean, I still want to believe that it was at least somewhat genuine because otherwise I have to believe that court's some like manipulator, master manipulator who's been playing (laughs) me this whole game and that I've been under her puppetry the whole time. Um, But I think the biggest thing to come out of our conversation was that she was like, if you're going to do this whole villain thing, you need to completely own it. Like when you get to F when you get to FTC, you need to say, yeah, I was all powerful. I had control. I did what I needed to do. Like own that you're the villain. And so I think I, went into FTC with that intention and thinking that I guess that's how you 
win when you play a game like this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that was completely what how I ended up playing things when I realized how hurt everyone actually was. Did you have an idea of what you wanted to do regarding FTC um, independent of court's advice? Like, did you have like an initial like, okay, I think I want to do this. And then you kind of... I mean, I wanted to apologize. I wanted to run in there and be like, oh my God. Like to Darcy, I think first, because like I'd promised her that I wasn't going to, like if I was ever going to vote for her, that I was going to tell her that she was the vote. So like, you know, my first inclination was to run in there, be like, oh my God, like Darcy, I'm so sad that I did that. Oh my gosh, like Jordan, I know that that was super backstabby. Oh my gosh, Bram, I'm like so sorry that I blindsided you. Like my gut inclination was to like, show up and be like you all mean so much to me and i've spent the last like uh, effectively echoing many of the things that i ended up saying in rights like (laughs) yeah these are the things i've been mulling over since i voted you out and how much i've missed our conversations and all i want to do is talk to you again and tell you how much i've missed talking to you (laughs) but then i was told that that's not what villains do it's true um it isn't they don't usually yeah Um, or at least most of them don't i guess yeah um so with the then i guess like did you have a expectation for how you would be treated by the jury Mm, yeah and it was completely off base (laughs) what like throughout the merge like i'd been getting eye rolls on my messages in tribal council about like oh i want to make friends like (laughs) oh i think everyone's great and like i thought they were sarcastic eye rolls i didn't know that was a thing i don't know why i thought that was a thing i don't think now that it is a thing but for some reason in the moment i was like oh haha like my allies are eye rolling that but like it's fine. I'm going to walk into here and at least have Jordan, Darcy, and Bram's vote and probably Wax's vote. So that's all, you know, if I can get all of those votes, then it's probably all hunky-dory. Yeah. Okay. Um, Like, yeah, they might be upset and I'll have to come up with reasons to explain away the things that I've been doing, but it's all fine. Everything is fine. Nothing is wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I guess <laughs> we, it wasn't the most, um, uncoordinated FTC we've ever had. Uh, it does devolve at times, um, into less than orderly, uh, throughout the <laughs> evening. Uh, but uh, we kick things off with SMM as the first member of the jury. Makes sense. And, so I'm I'm curious, you know, he says that, you know, you've all played a great game, you know, two of you stand above the third for me, yada, 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 and addresses each of you separately. And to you, he mentions, among other things, you had objectively the best game, but I think you've hurt multiple people here. You've betrayed every juror other than myself. Only four of us are even considering voting you. And the other four have committed to voting court or Steph. 
um what how how do you that's the first thing they that the jury says to you where what is the reaction how do you feel what is going through your head well shit (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean i think just like a feeling that this is going to be an uphill battle and that i'm you know gonna have to play my heart out but also not even really an understanding of like who those four people are like i i think the four people are the three people who end up voting for me and darcy um but yeah just like it starts running through my head like i don't even know like what i'm playing for and i think it sort of at least starts getting me feeling like maybe this court plan isn't the right one like maybe i shouldn't be trying to be unapologetic mm-hmm. did i don't know i i mean i guess it's it's mostly going to be a lot more the same yeah. <laughs> as you get through final tribal um was i don't know like how where were what were some of the things that were either said to you or some of the just ways in which people addressed you that really surprised you the most either positively or negatively I think the fact that Waxler didn't say ask a question was rough I think I didn't realize how much I had hurt Spen and I'm realizing now like I think I was frustrated that he asked a question when it became fairly clear that he didn't actually want to vote for me. I mean, maybe, like, I'm the only one he asks the question to. So I don't know if there was some chance that I could have fought for it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of back and forth there. Um, I don't know. I think it sort of all felt the same. Um... I think my answer to Jordan kind of sums up a lot of the feeling I was having there. Just like two hours ago, I was proud to have played a villain. I probably still will be happy if I win the villain superlative (laughs) because fuck, if anyone steals it from me, then this really wasn't worth it. But frankly, at the end of the day, I prefer to have friends than win this game. So I really regret this whole thing if it means I lost friends along the way, which seems more and more likely as this night wears on. I know it means jack shit for me to tell you all I love you, but at this point, I don't care at all about your jury votes. I just want to figure out how I can show you that the bird who played this game, strategically at least, is not the bird who likes to make friends and actually does care about you all. But I think at the end of the day, like, my goals began to shift from I want to win as many jury votes as I can to damage I just, control. Yeah, like, I want to try to show to people that I care about them more than I care about the game. Mm-hmm. Jordan also um, confronts you about your parchment. Um, parchments, I suppose. Not great either. But I guess when you see something like, you know, she says easily one of my least favorite things you did in the game, but it hurt. But at the end of the day, like, I still love you as a person. So I think or I guess what how much hope does that give you that yeah this is probably going to be a really rough two plus hours but that there is a light at the end of this tunnel that ends with being friends with 
at least some of these people that you have made connections with this month and a half or so. Yeah, I mean, seeing the things that people are saying between messages make me feel like I'm making headway on the I still want to be friends with people part, even if I'm not necessarily making headway on the um, on the um, getting votes part. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems like people are like worried about saying things that are like going to upset me. And it doesn't really feel like the questions themselves are upsetting. Like, yeah, they're intense and they're, you know, trying to get to the heart of the matter. But like no individual question itself is like, oh, that question is completely out of line. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think for all the feelings <laughs> that were being had, um, I think the jury holds your feet to the flame. I mean, for yeah. everybody about their games they played, the actions they took, etc. It just happened to be that most of those actions are traced back to you as opposed yeah. to court and stuff. Um, I yeah. like I like this question from SMM. Uh, I think you value how you played the game strategically, but you regret how you hurt your friends in the process, meaning that if given a second chance, you would not play the same game again, even if it meant not making it to FTC and possibly winning? Question mark. And you said, yeah, I'd rather go out at 7 or 8 like I thought I would than hurt everybody here. Being here is not fun when I know it's because I hurt, well, everyone. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it, like, it, it just like sucks to come to something like this and feel like, you know, you screwed over all these people that you claim to care about. And yeah, I mean, it's great when you win in the end and you're able to reconcile those friendships and whatever, but like FTCs like this are terrible and hurting people isn't fun. No, not, not really. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend so in that regard um when you're you know kind of under the impression that your upward limit is only 50 percent of the available votes um yeah. how much of this ftc is how much energy are you putting into trying to figure out how many votes are going to court or staff or is that more of a afterthought I don't think there's any time to do any thinking because every time I post an answer to a question, I get asked another one and there's like hmm. not even time. Like, I think I was skimming court and Steph's answers, but like, it, you know, I was, it's not like I was even really like trying to respond to what they were saying or figure out who was actually going to vote for me and whose vote I should fight for and stuff because it was just like every time someone asks me a question I want to give them the best answer I can and that's where all my energy is going fair enough fair enough uh yeah, we get through Darcy um uh who t adds at the end of her question for you uh, no matter how you answer this, you piss off whoever you don't say. So please just be honest for once. Um, par for the course. Um, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, we get, and I mean, this is what I refer to when I say that 
the times the FTC devolved, but I think a lot of that mm. can be traced to SMM. <laughs> where, Classic SMM moments. Oh yeah, where he posts a meme in the middle of FTC. Uh, I think a meme <laughs> that a had, good meme, though. it might have even already been created in the yeah. lounge in a different version. Uh, <laughs> it's it's great. It's very true. Um, yeah. That's pretty much how it goes. And so I guess when you get, as we get to the end of things and uh, we, you know, we get to what Waxler's the last person who, I don't remember, do you even have a question? No. I don't think so. He was just like, no, I'm good. I know everything I need to know. Yeah. He was definitely following along throughout. I think he'd asked a couple of follow-ups in the middle, in the middle mm-hmm. but I know he'd keeping keeping up in his confessional with what was happening. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, when we get to the final statements and you say, tonight has been a real reckoning for me. Part of me still hopes I might get a vote or two here because I know I played a strong game. But more importantly, I hope I've shown that I care about y'all and I'm so excited to get to talk to everyone again so soon. These last few weeks have been an absolute emotional roller coaster. Sorry, SMM. <laughs> but I have had a blast. And I regret that my actions mean not everyone else necessarily had the same blast that I did. Thanks for letting me be here all the same. I couldn't ask for a better group of humans to laugh, cry, and play with. Um, like, I imagine that this was... Because what we started at, like, around 6, my time. Yeah, something like that. So it ends up being a little over hours. three hours long. Yeah. Uh, how... you had to have been just emotionally drained yeah yeah and just hanging on by a thread of of sanity waiting to just see the votes and be done with it yeah i was just yeah ready to be done yeah so uh it looks like it's a couple of minutes after um the the uh final statements are posted that we created the private voting channels for you court and steph in the event of a tie which at the time of creation we were pretty confident was going to happen (laughs) um (laughs) and hadn't done this in the past though i think you asked me about that and i said oh yeah we do this every year yeah that sounds very (laughs) accurate um i'm trying to let's see uh, do, 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 do. why interrogate me if you aren't going to vote uh, okay it's it's so hard not to be able... oh you didn't ask me or if you did it wasn't well, in it might be in it the I don't have the access to the other channel no it wasn't in there I looked okay uh, I may have asked you in DMs after the fact that seems like I de- yeah you definitely asked me somewhere yeah because um, like, I know I, I told that, I remember I asking that I know I lied about it <laughs> and said that we'd done it before because <laughs> we had not so uh in that respect um tell talk me through the uh the vote reveal and what oh my god you were feeling and thinking as it as the votes were votes came out well you were cruel in the way that you read the votes um so yeah whatever you start with one vote for each of us i got you started with jordan's vote which i think was probably like it wasn't particularly unexpected that i ended up getting her vote after that ftc um 
But then I was like, great. Well, at least I'm not a zero vote finalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, oh, great. Like, seems like Court's going to win. Like, that's good. I had voted for her with my tiebreaker vote. And I, you know, felt like she'd played a strong game. Um, you know, had had the social game and whatever. Um, and had been my strategic ally. So I was like, okay, well, I guess this means court wins. That's, that's good. Um, then I was like, oh, maybe even it'll be a tie and my tiebreaker vote will be the one that matters. And I definitely didn't want that because I had been caught off guard that we were going to cast a tiebreaker vote. So the one that I made is just like, like it just says court on it. Like, yeah. And as I said, I hadn't really been reading FTC, so it was like just whatever. I'm like making a vote because you told me that I need to make one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, you read a second vote for me, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like, okay, like I guess I'll get two votes, but court's still gonna win. Mm-hmm. And then, wait a second, like, hold up, like. Who said that that was going to happen? Um, yeah, just, like, shock. That, like, wait a second. Like, no way. But then, like, genuinely not knowing, like, who Steph was going to vote for. Like, I was pretty sure that she and I were closer than she was to court. But I couldn't know that for sure. Maybe she was convinced by the arguments in FTC. Um, yeah. And then you read Steph's vote and similar to my court vote is like (laughs) the simplest vote that has ever been Mm -hmm. made. Yeah. And yeah, then we were there. We did it. We did it. Three, three, two from the jury uh, with you receiving votes from Jordan and then Bram. And then the third one was SMM's vote. Um, Court gets Spenjamin and Darcy and Chaco with Steph getting Maddie and Waxler. Yep. And of course, Steph casting a tiebreaker vote for you. You become the first person to win Alliance with three people getting votes at FTC. The first person to win without a majority of the votes outright um which both of those things have now happened uh, again yep and uh yeah congratulations thanks yeah. it means a lot two years later <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh your first response well maddie gets the first congratulations in um yeah. and then you follow with i am speechless how yeah i don't know like you you go through three hours of let's call it torture (laughs) and then roughly uh you know 10 minutes of vote reveal that is a immediate dip to start with stays below and then at the very last second um you get a little bit of hope, and then finally the Steph vote uh, puts it over the top. Like, what is possibly going on? 
how do you how can you possibly reconcile all these feelings and thoughts and emotions that are happening or can't you i don't know i mean i if anything's going to be called a roller coaster it's this right <laughs> like that's the epitome of ups and downs and all arounds i don't know i think it's just like it makes it feel a little bit like everything that has happened both in the last three hours but also in the last 39 days is like worth it it's like okay like <laughs> i guess i was capable of winning uh when it all is said and done but yeah i mean i think mostly just like the feeling of oh my god it's all over <laughs> <laughs> and like part of me is like you know i'm an introvert and i've just spent three hours like bearing my soul to 10 jurors two other finalists and a whole lounge of people who are watching this whole thing like all i want to do is like curl up and like stop staring at my screen but of course that's not what you do when you finish an org <laughs> <laughs> not exactly no nope um but yeah i mean you you get plenty of praise congratulations etc from the rest of your cast the jurors etc uh and then i i'm really glad we stopped putting the finale and the reunion channel in the same channel but yeah <laughs> then we shut you up so i can do superlatives because that made sense at the time yeah of course right in the middle of it all yeah uh so superlatives and first thing we realize is the viewers loved bramble cat <laughs> i mean is there any surprise there not at all not a, not a bit um your first your first superlative is which player surprised you the most this season did that's you that's not usually how i vote on that award but <laughs> did you read into that at all i mean it, it's i had a sense that that was <laughs> That didn't surprise me. That was a negative surprise as to a positive surprise. Yeah, and sort of like, I already knew that I had played a game that was different from, like, if someone had asked me before I played what type of gameplay I thought I would have, it that's not what I would have anticipated. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm surprised that everyone else is surprised. Like, yep, that seems... Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then... We get, you know, Nay was the funniest player this season. That one was surprising to me, actually, because, like, I know to the viewers she was funny, but, like, in DMs, it felt like it was hard to ever get a hold of her. So mm -hmm. it, that was like, wait. Um, least likely to lie, Steph, most oh, like to see play so again, true. Bram. Jimmy and Nay deserved a second chance. Jordan was the most paranor the paranoid villain of the season bird yeah i mean i was like as i had said whatever in my closing speech like it somehow just makes it feel like it wasn't a waste <laughs> would would you still does that like qualification matter as much having won already mm. i mean i wouldn't say that villain of the season is an award that i wear proudly when i think back on the season right so in that sense like probably not but I also think, like, I don't know, if Jordan had won, like, would that have been fair to her if I I don't know who else would have been in contention for it? Like, right. 
don't know. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I remember there was a fair amount of support for Taylor for that. Mm. But I that think, would have made sense. But he also went out pre-merge. Yeah, the fact that he was out so early made it hard to took away a little bit of the um, yeah remembering. Uh, favorite NPC was Rambo Bot. Ah, great choice. A lot of votes. I think every bot that we had got votes. Uh, the Sprog. Understandable. Two votes for the Sprog. The Sprog. Yeah. I'm I'm terrified of the Sprog now though. So. <laughs> Um, favorite DM channel, SMM <laughs> trip, not close. In the moment, I was like, "What the heck?" But you know, having seen it now, <laughs> it's perfect. I'm immensely amused by it. So, yep. Uh, everybody liked all the challenges. Yep, that was good. Favorite moment of the season. <laughs> so we have Nay shuffling cards, SMM, which trip. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> Nay's white knuckles commentary. Yeah. Uh, Choco Bean's arcade oopsie. It's great. Uh, I still don't know what that one is, actually. I know what all the rest of them are, but. Because that's where Choco. Oh, was that when she said. Yeah. Was that the spin thing? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, Taylor blowing up tribal, Waxler finding the idol, and then you and uh, not Pennywise in the haunted hotel. Yeah. Just some random clown. It's genuinely a great moment that yeah. I can't believe actually happened. <laughs> yeah, that was really the... I mean, that's one of my favorite moments. So, <laughs> um, Favorite viewer of the season. Uh, Someone who's not even eligible to win anymore. It's true. I got <laughs> votes this year, or that season, <laughs> even though I'm not eligible either. Um... Thanks, Brad. Um... But it was Crystal. Woo! Now production member Crystal. So I guess, I don't know. Maybe maybe favorite viewer is one of the is many... the pipeline? Maybe. Maybe. So I so guess... So Brando and Hirsch are next? Um, well, uh, Hirsch, Penny, Waxler, Brando, Pups, and Becky have all won as well. So That's a great production team. I think you should bring them all on right now. <laughs> Um, and finally, the Sydney Viewer Favorite Award goes to none other than Bramblecat. So surprising after reading all of the awards, yeah, really. Who would have thought? Right. Like, really comes out of nowhere. Um, it's good times. Good times were had. Good times. Um, long 38 days, eventful evening. Thank you to players, viewers, yada, yada, yada. Thanks me. Thanks them. Thanks that. Um, <laughs> preview of the next season. Join us in early 2022 for Alliance Invicta. Yeah. Woo. Whatever the heck that means. Yeah. <laughs> the most, I think, of all of the names you've ever picked besides Suruali. It's like, yep, no idea what that means. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, you get your reunion channel back. Uh, lovely. And then we open up the postseason lounge. And I say, get me out of here. <laughs> um, and I preface and open up the postseason lounge with, hey, normally we give the entire, we open up the entire server to everybody, but uh, that's not how we're going to yeah. do it for the rest of the time that this exists. Um, we're going to have a grace period. 
Yep. Um, hmm. Wonder what that's about. Yeah. What? I guess because having talked to others, some people knew the general vibe from the lounge. Uh, were you one of those people? Yeah. I mean, my two of my best friends were spectating the season, so <laughs> I had some general sense of okay. the fact that I probably was not going to want to read the lounge immediately thereafter. Mm-hmm. And then I've never felt the initiative incentive. I, I've never felt much of a desire to. I think I know enough about what I know that I don't feel like I need to know more. Fair enough. Um, yeah, we decide to keep it shut for like three or four days, uh, a practice that we've now continued to do. Um, I don't remember how many days it ends up being, but uh, it might I have been I think he waited longer. until after we did our exit interviews, so however that's, long that took. Yes, that's correct. So if this was the 7th, and your exit interview wrapped up on the 15th. It was a little over yeah. a week later. Yeah. Um, so Nexus Park. Uh, what what more is there to say about your time, your experience, the aftermath, the emotions, all of it? What, what else can there be said? Yeah. I don't know. I just think, like, it was interesting feeling like there you know, that who most surprised you thing. Like, there's a version of myself that the lounge knew, and then I didn't talk to them for a month and a half. (laughs) And then there was a new version of myself that they thought they knew. But to me, I'm like, I'm still the same person who, like, whatever, wants to compete at Allie's games and make bad jokes in the lounge and... I don't feel like I've changed, but it feels like the perception of me has, at least in the immediate aftermath, I think, in the time since whatever reputation I have is mostly distinct from my Nexus Park reputation, which is something I'm thankful for. Um, Yeah. But was sort of a weird, like, (laughs) you go into this room being one way and you come out and suddenly you're a totally different person to everyone else, but to yourself, you aren't. (laughs) How, that's interesting, because obviously with with the knowledge of what, of the general sense of how people viewed this season and your own role in it, it feels very surprising and probably commendable that that perception hasn't, leaked more into your own view of things i mean i think there are still parts of it where like you know people bring up things that i'm not proud of and it's like i don't feel like i'm that person or i don't feel like those actions represent me but i think largely anyway it feels like it's become more of something that can be acknowledged rather than something that has to be the way that everyone thinks about me. That's good. Or maybe everyone's sitting here and thinking <laughs> things that I don't realize that they're thinking, but I, if anyone is thinking things, they don't need to tell me that. Right. I'll, I will live in blissful Ignorance. unawareness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very 
it's a very difficult and trying experience and uh, you've had one of the more difficult and trying versions of that experience to date yeah uh, and I think um, some people and there's nothing wrong with this but have not been able to kind of move past it mm-hmm. and that's okay uh, it's it's a shame obviously but it it you know uh, everyone needs to work through things in the way that makes the most sense for them yep and I'm glad that for you that didn't involve uh, absconding from <laughs> the community and that you've chosen to stick around. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I've been able to. Yeah. So, uh, that said, uh, is there anything else Nexus Park related, adjacent, affiliated that we didn't touch on that's worth mentioning before we move on to something different? Not that I can think of. After Nexus Park, uh, like I said, you hung around, thankfully, (laughs) and that led to some other fun experiences associated with Alliance. Uh, Two predominant ones come to mind, and maybe I'm forgetting others, but the first of those being your involvement in Trials. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so trials born for those who don't know uh, born from this uh, idea of making a Hunger Games org that was more realistic than most of the ones I hear about that exist um, (laughs) where you actually are live fighting and killing ideally your competitors with the aid of bot extraordinaire Luna the lizard, we created such a thing, and you were one of the initial players. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't initially plan to play, because I think the first time you sent out dates, I was like, oh, that time doesn't work for me. But for whatever reason, the date got pushed, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm free that evening, and if it runs a few evenings, I, I'm free to do that. Sure. Why not? That sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was you, Jessica, Goose, Blink, Brando, Cece, Spencer. Am I forgetting anybody? Uh... I think there's seven. Oh, wait. That might be a confessional chat. Yeah, it says there's seven. Yeah. Blink, you, Brando, Cece, Goose, Jessica, and Spencer. Spencer. Okay. Yeah. Except so Spencer playing under the name Spencer to make it harder to. <laughs> yes. A uh, couple of people trying to outwit the bot. Yeah. Um, so uh, we don't have to get too deep in the weeds of this, but um, you win the first and as as of this recording only iteration of trials that has been run. Thoughts, feelings. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think. I, within the first minutes of the game, found Spencer and Goose alone in one of the channels. And so we either had the decision of try to attack each other right now 
all run our separate ways or what as ends up happening work together <laughs> and so when it's you know a game with only seven people sure we don't quite have the majority but i don't think a majority is quite as <laughs> important in a game such as this as it is in survivor so basically as long as we didn't find another group of three out there it became relatively easy for the three of us to travel together and anytime we found a person you know three against one is pretty hard to defeat it's true um at some point then i think spencer and i flipped on goose and um, but I think Goose was planning to flip on me beforehand, but I got alone with Spencer before Goose got alone with Spencer. And so then it became two versus whatever the remaining <laughs> three. And then once it was me and Spencer, it was a matter of chasing each other around. Um, I think I found a part somewhere in the park. I think you can camp out and see two channels and... Mm -hmm be seated in your own channel and i think based on the layout of the arena there's no way for someone to sneak up on you while you're sitting there so pretty much you know spencer would show up there we'd have a clash we'd run away from each other and then slowly i'd circle my way back there and it just kept happening until i knocked him out yeah it was it was intense uh you and spencer took a long time with the two of you left with misses and attacks that glanced off each other and things like that um swip, swapping out weapons and i think you at one point run out of darts so you got to get rid of the darts um for a javelin and uh spencer had his katana and a tree branch <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun to watch though at times a little difficult to keep up with in the moment which is fine yeah i can't imagine trying to spectate it it's like <laughs> when you're playing you're just in your own little world you can see whatever one to three channels and yeah no it was it was good times uh kudos again on your victory and uh i'm still hopeful it'll someday happen again me too <laughs> For all the people out here listening, let's do it again. <laughs> I will even play again, even if it means that I get taken out first, just so that there's numbers. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, I was happy to have you play. It was a good time. I think it showed that uh, it's something we could... I mean, again, the idea in its inception was that it's something simpler <laughs> that could yeah. be run in a shorter time span that people could run over and over again if they wanted to was the idea but... yeah like there's nothing stopping me from playing two or three or four times like no that's true it's absolutely true yeah uh so um trials great uh <laughs> next and and i think the only other thing of mm -hmm. note is uh back in summit we started doing generally audio-based tree mails or whatever the season's <laughs> theming required. Um, so that season, I had written a bunch of like audio logs that I asked a lot of different people to record for me. They were kind and gracious enough to do so, and they turned out great. And ever since then, we've done something along those lines. In your own season, it was a loudspeaker that I recorded all of the things for. Mm -hmm. 
And so in our 10th season, Academy, which was a returning season, there was, an, there was a field trip to Surawali that the players did not take advantage of. So we decided our season, 11th season would also take place in Surawali and actually <laughs> let people explore that area. And it went about as well as it could. Um, but the audio mail component of Surawali was bird mail. Oh, and amazing. I don't even remember where we got the idea for it, um, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find that really quick. Yeah, it's a great idea to put Bird and RDT together and let them create <laughs> chaos. Nothing bad will ever come of that. It's true. <laughs> um, no, I don't even know where, <laughs> what what prompted the idea initially. Because um, at least not as Bird mail, but it, that might have been an idea of your, your own makings. Um, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Dream. No, because we we had some of our we had another terrible name idea that was much worse than bird mail. So, <laughs> um, let's see. No, yeah, I don't yeah. know where the idea came from. Anyway, uh, I'd reached out to both of you to do audio stuff, and for the tree mail, and you both were like, absolutely. And we said we thought it'd be fun for this season's tree mail to be telegrams that are delivered by birds. And you, you and your name, obviously, being Bird, hard to avoid. And RDT uh, has, well, has a lot of different identities, honestly. <laughs> but one of them is as a duck. So that's, yeah. that's where that goes. Uh, yeah, just tell me about Bird DT mail and yeah. uh, how that went. What was that process like? Any I mean... I think it was about as chaotic as you might expect. And if it's possible, I think RDT and I both make each other even more chaotic. Like, I usually, whatever. We, I think, recorded the first, like, four or five in one day. And then the rest of them, we would meet up every week and record two or three at a time. But whatever. They're, like, one to two minute audio clips. Absolutely max. Yeah. And I don't think any, like, one bird mail phone, there was, like, maybe one time that we called and it took us less than an hour to, <laughs> like, record one episode. Like, every other time, what would happen would be, like, us, you know, having terrible ideas. We wanted to, like, write a script about, um, like where we were trying to hide an anagram for the word swap. And I mean, you ended up not having a swap, but we like spent all this time trying to come up with like what, how to like anagram this is a swap in such a way that it like didn't sound so absurd that people would know what it was. Um, and just yeah i like i was sad that we didn't just record those conversations because i think that maybe no one would ever have wanted to listen to them but like <laughs> they were just like so absurd and out there that i think it would have been sort of fun to have a record of them so you said you wrote the summit ones but then you let academy you let like blink and shan and steph write their own and let us write our own is that <laughs> Yeah, in so in high seas we didn't have audio for the mail. We had that for like the captain's log stuff. Invicta, 
We did announcements, which I think were me again. Okay. I think so. And then in espionage, we had instructions, which came from, I think, uh, oh yeah, they were images that self-destructed. Self-destructed. And then they were audio clips that self-destructed and then they were videos that did not destruct oh yeah Um, but we did we got i did some of those and i think uh and then the videos were from dc yeah and then yeah so then we get to academy and um because i had written all the ones for espionage i think as well uh although i think i gave dc a a lot of creative liberty though i I, maybe maybe he wrote more of them than i'm remembering i'm not sure (laughs) either way uh he had more involvement in his than the people did in summit but yeah, like you said, for Academy and Suruwali, uh, I was very hands-off in the actual writing of the scripts portion and uh, more so involved in the, okay, don't do this, and you can do that, and this is fine, more so part portion of things, uh, yeah. which is great. Uh, and then cut to uh, Hidden City, and that was kind of, uh, spoiler for anyone uh, who did the the tree mails in Hidden City. That's what I wanted Hidden City to be too, where mm. the players or the the players from Discordia would. I'd be like, all right, I want you to do these two. Um, this is the type of challenge that they're doing, and then create some, make something up about your yeah the season, the place you came from. Um, and a lot of them just wanted a script, which. Mm. Uh, is fine like i don't mind writing the script it just was not time i wanted to be spending exactly uh but that's okay so yeah i ideally though the people who will be doing tree mails and and whatever audio content content we do if it's not something that's going to be like connected to an advantage or some such thing uh the more creative freedom the better i think that tends to have a better yield on enjoyment i guess yeah or i don't know i think it's it's more fun i think for the people who do it so, i mean i looked forward to getting on zoom calls with rdt like yeah you know he and i had been friends since sometime between high seas and nexus park like we had started dming and so getting to and we'd like played games before and stuff but like getting to spend these hours of just like mindless chatting while also putting the audios together i mean it was it was way i I think it was more fun than if you just said here's a script then we would have probably only spent whatever 20 minutes recording it and right it would have been all said and done yeah the i love and i had to do this in academy as well where you know obviously shan and blink and and steph had no idea it was a returning season (laughs) So oh, yeah. they, and, and, you know, couldn't have, I don't know if they had thoughts, like they knew roughly how many challenges we had. So I don't know if they just thought that we had a ton of reward challenges that season, or it was just, or if they knew it was going to be a cast as big as it was, but. Ugh, it, uh, I didn't even think about that. Like, um, but like, yeah, I had to kind of be on top of the things like, well, maybe don't make a reference to Brando or Becky this time. Maybe maybe let's refer to some people who weren't those people. 
Cause... Just like maybe as a thought. Like, yeah. Like, just that. <laughs> I think at one, and I, I said, like, Steph and I talked about this in her episode, but um, like, I definitely gave them a list of names to use that all <laughs> excluded the people who I knew would be playing or would potentially be playing the season. So that's fun. And then, you know. <laughs> and then, so for yours, you mentioned the swap thing and i remember you talking oh. about it and i couldn't just tell you there's no swap because if i did that's no fun um <laughs> both in the sense of the two of you coming up with crazy stuff and in the sense that you know that for the season so uh, mm. yeah sorry yeah i mean we had a great <laughs> time trying to come up with anagrams and then i think we ended up we hadn't written the merge one so much of what we played around with for the swap got put into the what we ended up making the merge audio so i don't feel i think i did eventually i think mid-season i finally told you that there wasn't going to be a swap because we got to a point where it was like there's nine people left in the game or something yeah well we were getting further and further in and we were like so Uh... can you please just tell us if there will be a swap (laughs) like yeah that would be great (laughs) yes uh no it was a lot of fun to get to get both of you working on it i i enjoyed i enjoyed the process from the outside (laughs) um uh every time i posted it in the channel i'm sure you were uh excited to see whatever chaos we had compiled yeah (laughs) yeah going all the way back to that first demonic Oh um, gosh! Intro music, or whatever. It, it was. inspired our normal intro music, so. Uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, Sigh. <laughs> uh, did you follow along at all in the script we were writing, or did you just listen to them whenever we posted uh, them? I definitely. You mean the the Google Doc? Yeah. I definitely went through that a couple of times. Okay. Um, Surawali tweet mail. Yeah there was something oh man meg and i just watched something or listened to something or something something where there was a very similar uh gag to the bird mail rdt mail segment oh i love rdt mail and i don't now i don't remember it was like it wasn't even that long ago it was like a day or two ago and i don't remember what it was shoot terrible Hmm. not sure uh, but no, it was great. You both did a fantastic job on it. Uh, and it came out really well. And I think most people enjoyed it. And Catnip thought that I was <laughs> drowsy, I think. Yes, I think that's correct. Uh, yeah, good times. Thanks for having us. It was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it was great. Um, you got, you included Hen on. A, sec- mm-hmm. a segment as well which was fun uh, just so many birds so yeah many i mean birds. in our dreams we were also gonna try to bring goose although i don't think goose is really on discord anymore and yeah. there had been some discussion of having flair come if that fish challenge hadn't gotten canceled mm-hmm. that's right well well yeah it was fun and hen wrote a bunch of uh bird movie club <laughs> puns with us so that was great <laughs> yes 
all good things the best yeah um so uh i guess that's mostly it question mark yeah i Um, think that's all the things i guess final final question um thoughts feelings and opinions on the general avian uh aspects to alliance lore I mean, I love all avian aspects of Alliance lore. I think that the fact that we wrote in that um, I'm forgetting how to pronounce the name of the country where Nexus Park is, but the fact that we decided that there's no birds there. Yes. Um, Namem? Is that how you pronounce it? I think I I say Namim. Namim? Yeah. I like that. My man, backwards. Yeah, I'm like trying to think out how it's spelled and then... Um, so I think that's funny. Yeah, I I think it's just funny how many birds keep showing up, both as players and, (laughs) you know, like, what is it? I I squawked a bunch in Hidden City. Yes, you were a banshee bird. Yeah, and I steal people's ties in (laughs) espionage and... Something like that. Yeah, and... You know, of course, birds deliver mail in Suwarali, like, yeah, all around. Everywhere I mean, you look, as I birds. said, all the way back at our original interview, that the bird thing was completely an accident. But <laughs> I'm not mad about it being who I am, except for on Fridays, of course. Except for on Friday, yeah. Now, now you're a frog on Fridays, and that's half a sprog. So, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I need to commission Luna to make a photo of a sprog and then maybe I will consider it for a Friday. I'll see. I'm sure if she draws it, it'll look cute. So um, it might kind of undermine the terrifyingness (laughs) that I intended it to have. Well, you can ask Blink to make a Photoshop of it because we we know that he's capable of cursed animal hybrid Photoshops. Um, That's true. So... Maybe that's the better person to ask, you know, barring the fact that he's about to be a new father. <laughs> yes, I think that's happened already. Has it? As of this I recording. Don't know. I believe it happened this morning. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so then that's perfect timing for him to go <laughs> shop a sprog for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Bird, thank you so so much for spending half an entire day with me recording this um it's been a lot of fun yeah thanks for having me i'm excited to go back and listen to all the rest of the podcasts i guess before this one comes out in august if not later (laughs) (laughs) um i think this puts us up to uh 3,700 ish minutes uh, for the season. Oh my god. Well, so, I'm excited for however many hours that is. 63 that... plus hours. And there are still more to record. My dad asked me who listens to these, and I was like, I do. <laughs> are you going to listen so, to yours? Doubtful. Doubtful. But we'll see. Um, I don't know. We get like. I don't know, 20 to 30 to 40 listens per episode usually. Yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah. 
there is an audience. Yeah, <laughs> there just, are people who are listening. Uh, it's just not your dad. <laughs> yeah, maybe it should be. Yeah, he can listen to this one. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure he's excited for 12 hours of hearing me talk. Yeah, who wouldn't be? Great question. <laughs> Meg, probably. No, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And um, I'm sure I will talk to you in the very near future. Yeah, sounds good. See you later. All right, see ya. Have you listened to any of the episodes that have been released so far? No, I decided I wanted to go in blind. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've not listened to anything, nor have I ever really read back on the server. So we're pretty much going in... I mean, I've obviously had endless conversations <laughs> with Bram and Darcy and Jordan, so it's not as if I'm actually completely blind, but like... Only like half blind. Yeah, but You're like more blind than I could be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm wearing an eye patch um, or, or tinted sunglasses. Um, okay. <laughs> um, like have some view on things, but like even still, like what I know about the lounge is what I know from talking to Mary and Jessica and knowing how people interacted with me after the game, but not because I've actually read much of anything. And I've been threatened that if I try to go for any records, people will come and find and hunt me down. But I'm like, I mean, we'll get into this, but like, I feel like <laughs> I have a, I have, people have expectations about my hunting for records, which... Yes. Are only partially accurate, I would say. Partially accurate? Oh boy. That seems like know. a lie. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> well, let's just say that that's not the sole motivating factor. Hmm. I might accept that. Okay. Well, we can we can debate it at a later time. Yeah. On on part four we can debate that. Yeah, when we get to part four, when everyone's like, why have we just listened to 16 hours of this? That's uh, when. You just passed Darcy to become second in podcast mm. length. So I wasn't supposed to go for Jordan's record, but I'm a little bit worried that there's no way that we're going to finish in less than her length. Yeah. Did you hear Meg? <laughs> no. What did Meg say? Stop trying to break the record. I'll I'm not trying to, Meg. It's not deliberate. It's on accident. Sure? Ryan, keep asking me questions. I'll tell him to stop. It's fine. <laughs> we don't really need the rest of the season. We can just go straight to FTC. Or just stop here at Final Eight. It's fine. Yeah. Great. Congrats on your win. And... Um... Birdmail was fun, wasn't it? Yep, great. Birdmail was great. Had a good time there. Yep. Cool beans. You can just talk to RDT in the very distant future about Birdmail. It'll be fine. No, we'll just like splice like 30 minutes of me talking with RDT at the end of your episode. Or you can talk to RDT about the rest of Bird's game. Oh, that's a good idea. Dude, that would be great. Will you do that? <laughs> the High Seas cast that I'm apparently hosting a reunion podcast with them. Yes. Oh. That's cool. He did say that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll stay tuned for a reunion podcast with Meg and the cast of Pisces. Okay, great. <laughs> you can do that instead of RDT, and RDT can come finish your episode for you. 
Oh, that's perfect. Great. I love this plan. Honestly, I would love to hear RDT's account of my Nexus Park game. So, um, that would be a fun yeah. like side series of interviewing people from a different season about somebody else's season that they want. Well, after RDT and I did Birdmail, we were saying it would be really hilarious if we just like started a random podcast of our ramblings with each other. So. I feel like that's it. It could just be RDT and I invite a guest on, and I play Ryan, and RDT plays Meg, and <laughs> the guest plays someone else talking about their season. But you each have to act like us. That's fine. It'll be fine. Um, I said I was Ryan. Um, well, I guess I'm afraid of, of square pants and bunk beds. So I was um, the SpongeBob room. It is terrifying. So. Yeah. So you can confirm. I can confirm. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. If you'd like to try your hand at Alliance, our applications are always open. You can find more information by visiting AllianceSeasons.com. Our 13th season, Sky Cruiser, is now casting. Come join us in the HQ during the off-season for games and trivia and other fun stuff. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know. She'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.